everybody and welcome to episode 559 of Conversation Street with me, Michael. And me, Gemma. And today we're going to be talking about the episodes of Corrie shown in the UK between the 16th and the 20th of January. And that is episodes 10,852 to 10,857. If you're counting, how are you doing, Gemma, this evening? <laughs> Fine, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm alright. Good. My tea's cold because you've been... About. We've, we've been planning about a little bit. It's a bit of a late start to tonight's recording, but um, I'm, I'm just settled in now. Lots to talk about tonight. Another victim for Stephen Reed to chat Yay. about. Hurrah! We knew it was coming. We knew it. Um, but first, but first, Gemma, we need to we need to do a bit of a plug, don't we? Yep. This is a plug, everybody, for Street Talk Shorts. It's new, Gemma. What is Street Talk Shorts? It's where we shortly talk about the streets. Go on, Bennett. Carla's going to be... She's going to be, Gemma, I need you on my marketing team. Yeah, come yeah. on, come on. Pretend oh, you... look, listen. <laughs> all it is is a YouTube short, so you can find us on YouTube. We have a channel there. In case you didn't know, we'd really appreciate your support um, to, if you want to subscribe. It actually does mean a lot to us because we have now been able to monetize our channel because of our subscribers. And uh, it's just part of um, giving you something a bit interesting and different it just um, yeah it's, it's it, initial reactions isn't it for every episode yeah. so as soon as we've watched the episodes on monday wednesday and friday if that is indeed when they are on because it changes uh from time to time we immediately quickly run to the internet and michael gets the pictures and then we just do under a minute about what happened and what we thought about it and exclusively for the youtube channel we will score each episode out of three criteria what is it michael Banging, bog standard, or bobbins. That's right. So each episode we decide which ones are going to be. So it's not a number score because that's especially for the podcast. But yeah, this is just like a little YouTube exclusive thing. I was thinking a couple of weeks ago. I said to you, I sent you a text. Oh, we should. What can we do with YouTube Shorts? And then the idea kind of never came to anything. But then yes, uh, no. Saturday morning, I was kind of thinking. Oh, I wonder whether whether this would work. Um, like yeah, initial reactions. So it's it. We've done four so far, haven't we? Last Friday we did a bit of a dummy run over the weekend. Thank you everybody on our uh, Facebook group who had a look at our little sneak preview of that and uh, and gave us lots of lovely comments. But yeah, Monday at launch. So now you can find out in yeah, less than four minutes what we thought about the last four episodes of Coronation Street. And I I hope this does well. It's been really fun recording them, hasn't it? But, yeah. Um, it's uh. I I just know that. You were just thinking to yourself, now, immediately following Coronation Street, there's about 10 minutes that I could be spending working on something, but I don't know what it could be. <laughs> it's the, the, the main, the most important thing about this is that it doesn't, it doesn't um, create a ton of extra work and it, it doesn't really. The Monday one that we did, the very first launch, we got that reaction up by like quarter past nine, didn't we? Today's one was just after 20 past. So really we want to get it recorded, published, saved, in a up to YouTube in like less than 20 minutes each day. Because the thing is, lots of times um, I've seen people on the on the Facebook group or whatever saying, oh, I'm watching tonight's Coronation Street and I wonder what do Michael and Jammer think about that? Can't wait to the podcast to find out. Well, now you can find out straight away. As, you know, as long as what you're wondering about is what we talk about in that 60 second window. We're only going to really talk about three things that happened in each episode. Yeah, kind of the, the main... Three or four things. Yeah, the, every episode is going to have one main talking point, isn't it? And then we just kind of rattle off a few other bits and pieces. We're, we're still trying to, to nail down exactly you know, how much opinion do we do, how much of it is just recounting what happened. But um, it, it's been really, really fun. 
And um and, and like Gemma says, we we've turned the monetization onto YouTube now. We we've we've managed to make about two cents for each of our YouTube I shorts, know. haven't we? Please do go there. <laughs> please have a look. Please watch things. Please like things. It really helps us. I know. I don't want to sound Comment, like one of those people. It is but... cliche, but it's it's for a reason. It's we we don't put adverts on the podcast. Um, but I, th- I think you guys can cope with adverts on the on the YouTube channel. Yeah. Because we, you know, it's, it's we're not going to make a lot of money. We're making about 50 cents a day at the moment. Yeah, but, but honestly, it would really mean a lot if you could go and check them out if you haven't done so, so far. Go and have a look. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm imagining that, you know, it, that when we first publish it, we get, we get bigger views and it drops off a bit and then it hopefully builds again. But I think it's one of these things like, I don't understand how the algorithms work, but the more people watch it or like it, the more people it gets recommended well, yeah, to and, be and all that works. kind of thing. So, so honestly, anything you can do to help, um, help push it would be good. And let us know if you're enjoying them because I, I hope it is a service that is uh, of interest and of use <laughs> to some of you. It's not going to be a very in-depth rundown like we do in the podcast. It's just going to be, you know, the biggest mm. things that happen. So maybe if you're short on time one day and you can't bother to watch Cory, but you want to know what happened, don't skip the podcast, skip the show and watch our YouTube <laughs> shorts. I've been kind of finding as I've been watching Coronation Street this week, it's like, oh, I don't want to tell Gemma what I think about it as I'm watching it. Really? A little bit. I've been going, oh, I, I want to leave Why? it until the street talk shorts before I... That's silly. I well, as I said, this is, what, this is what we're just trying out to see what works with it. And um, also I've been thinking as I've been watching it, oh, I'm, what am I going to rate this one? Is this banging? Is it Bob Standard? It is it Bobbins? It gives you a lot of pressure and I'm always thinking, oh God, what's happened? What's going on? What's the most important thing? Yeah. But luckily for today, it's fairly easy. Yes. Are we done talking about this now? No. Go to... Yes, we've yes. got... A lot to do, Michael. Okay, it is late, isn't it? So go on For then. For goodness sake. You, oh, sorry. YouTube, go to you, our YouTube channel. Go to our YouTube channel. Street. It's there. You, it, it, uh, Yeah. Just, it's, it's, we're publicising that all well. over the place. Right, listen. Gemma's getting annoyed. She's going to bang me over listen, the head with a It's nearly 10 punch. o'clock, Michael. <laughs> okay, go it's on It's nearly then. 10 o'clock. We've done five minutes of the podcast and I told you that we didn't need to talk too long about Street Talk Shorts. It's, it's, it's an easy concept thing. to explain. It's a new thing. It's really that... You don't need to spend five minutes talking about it. Right, do me a quiz. 16th to the 20th of January, years and dinner, three and an eight. And it's coronationstreet.fandom.com. Also under pressure here because my phone is about to run out of battery. Oh my gosh. 16th of January, 1978. In the wake of Ernest's death, Emily's sister comes to look after her. What is her name? <laughs> oh my God. I don't know. I think Emily had a lot of sisters. Um, I do not know what Emily's sister is Would you like to called. guess? Um, it's a pretty good name. Is, well, it, is it a proper like old old woman sort of name? Similar to well, the surname's the same as somebody else's surname, so that's a bit weird. And the old the name is definitely an old lady name. Uh, Although Edith. probably middle middle class girl's name now. I'm going, I'm going Edith. No, Ethel. No, Gertrude. Nora Seddon. Nora, nice. Seventeenth of January, nineteen seventy-three. Which couple get into a physical fight after the wife comes home to find the husband drunk? Nineteen seventy-three. A couple get into a fight. Yep, drunken man. Uh, um, Wife is sick of it. Uh, mm, I don't know. I, I'm under pressure now because your battery's running out. Yeah. Um, I don't know, tell me. Elsie and Alan Howard. Oh, gosh, of course. 17th of January, 2003. Who was arrested for Maxine's murder? Aidan Critchley. Correct. <laughs> 18th of January, 1998. Who does Des Barnes propose to? Natalie. No. What? Yes, he does. Oh, man. 18th of January, 2008. Which long-standing character dies in their sleep? When? 2008? Yes. Vera Duckworth. Correct. 
19th of January. Do you feel like this is like... This is like recording night. a street talk short. That's the other thing. It's like, how quick do we speak? Are we it's really just hard. garbling it's it? It's just, yeah. Go on. Um, 19th of January, 1983. Which two major characters have an ill-fated date? 1983. Ill-fated. Oh. Um, I'm going to go... and Mike? Yep. Yes. Well done. 19th of January, 1998. What is Deirdre charged with? Um, fraud. Uh, is, there, is there more than There's, that? Is, I want an exact, um, exact laws that she broke. Well, uh, acquiring a credit card of money by fraudulent um, means of some sort. I'll, <laughs> I give don't you, I'll give you a point if that's not right. Well, oh, thanks. Obtaining a credit card by deception and procuring Procuring a mortgage by fraud. Oh, I, I, I add some of those words in there. For Thank a bonus you for the point. Um, point. How much of it did she do? <laughs> she didn't do any of it. Correct. Twentieth <laughs> of January two thousand and three. A tearful Maria tells Toya she's pregnant, and Toya has no idea the baby is whose. Uh, John Arnley's. Mm-hmm. Who's that? Uh, Toya's boyfriend. That's right. Her tutor at college. Yeah. Naughty. Bonus, bonus, bonus. This isn't in our remit, but it's the 21st of January. I had to just ask you this. 21st of January, 2013. Appearance of what? which most hated character of all time? First appearance. The first appearance? Of, of the most hated character of all time, 2013. I don't know. Come on. The most hated? Yeah, the, the worst character in the show. The worst character. He's the worst. He's just every time on screen, just like, oh. I don't know. The worst, the worst character should be killed off. I can't don't... believe you don't know the answer to this. Everyone's screaming it what? at you at home. It is Tim. Oh, Tim. <laughs> oh, Tim. You tricked that me. That was just a little joke. Ten years of Tim tomorrow. Yeah, ten years of Tim. Right, yeah, I had to put Tim anniversary. Yeah, you did that too. Birthdays. 21st of January. Wait, what was my score? Very good out of ten. Okay, go on then. Six out of more than six. 21st of January, John Southerton is Fred Elliott, Tony Hurst, Paul Kershaw, Ryan Prescott, who's Ryan Connor III. 24th of January, Bruce Jones played Les Battersby and Hayley Tamerden, who played Andrea Beckett. 25th of January, Richard Davies played Idris Hopkins. And the 27th of January is Betty Albers, who played Florrie Lindley. Lovely, what a lot of good birthdays. We managed to do it. Yeah, I think we've done it. Ran out. Fantastic, right. Um, street talk time. We'd better get onto it. Okay, so this week's street talk then. Um, well, if you've been listening to our street talk shorts on YouTube, plug, 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 you already know a little bit about how we've been get, uh, thought about this one. But today, now we get to relax and you know talk about it at our leisure. One thing I want people to just be aware of is not to seek out consistency in my scoring. <laughs> so if you, if you loved something on the street talk shorts, you might hate it by the time you get to the podcast and vice versa. It is perfectly possible for me to give bang in three times in a row on the shorts and still give this week <laughs> two out like of five. two. Because I will never, I've never claimed to be consistent. Well, speaking of banging, poor old t- Teddy got banged on the head tonight's episode, didn't he? I he got punched to death. I, thank you very much. Oh, you stole my storyline. You stole title. my joke what earlier you in the joke? YouTube shorts. Oh, I did steal one joke from you, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. Punched to death is what I'm going to call the Teddy storyline. I was also, I, I thought as well we could call it Knucked on the Head. 
But yeah, punch today. Yeah, I liked your style punchier. earlier today when we were doing the YouTube shorts and you were like, oh, we have got to record it again because I didn't do it right this time. Then steal my joke right in front of me. <laughs> um, we have then, I, I, my, my storyline titles are rubbish. Then we got this. This is, this is just a teaser for people to go and see. If you can work out which joke Michael stole off me on the YouTube shorts for the 20th of January. I think you can right almost in. hear your sigh just coming through it. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, we've got the summer gated <laughs> story coming next. Um, we had we had wedding days last week. This week we had school days because we had a bit of a flashback to, to Daisy's time at time at school, didn't we? So we'll find out about, about that. Um, we had the return of Jacob's dadder storyline, but not the return of Jacob. Um, and then there was also a bit more of the John's tape story, uh, followed by Jeminder, which is the, the, the best I could come up with in a very short time frame for Gemma becoming. A childminder. So if I, if I decided to become a, a childminder, would that be my Yeah, you would also name? be Jeminder. Hello, get, children, it's me, Jeminder. <laughs> Do you mind your own business? That's right. <laughs> get out of my drawers. Well, maybe she should be caught. Maybe if she should be, um, she should be Jeminder my mind. Gemini mind. No. As her full name. Okay, right. Punched to death, Gemma. I get to do this We have this been one. waiting for this one. Yes. Go for it. Yes. I mean, some people love it, some people hate it. You thought well, it was listen. banging. What did you, you thought it was bog standard because you knew it was going to I gave happen. today's episode a bog standard for a few reasons, but um, let's get to that when we get to it. Build up first, Gemma. What is old Stephen and Coben up to this week? On Monday, Stephen comes to the pub. He wants to check on Teddy because Teddy is... Um, Recovering, isn't he? Trying to get his memories back. Yeah, about he's doing not so what bad. He got up to in Canada and why he can't remember anything. Um, it, uh, Jenny invites um, him to come and sit with Teddy for a bit of breakfast. Uh, he has to head off, though. And then Teddy gives Jenny some thank you flowers. So is there something happening there? Yeah, that was well. That was um, a bit of a red, was herring, a red herring with the, with the daisy um, floral. Rita's um, got all this thing. stuff to donate to charity that she... Was she lazy? So lazy. Go round to the precinct. The the whole point of that was to put the, the Chekhov's... Um, was it, yeah, the Chekhov's gun there with a the roof box there, wasn't it? Just to remind us that Audrey got a, uh, Stephen a roof box for Christmas. I didn't need reminding about that, no, though. Because really that is literally my this. best ever prediction that's just... come true. I don't think I've ever predicted something quite so well. Only the contents was different. It wasn't obvious. It I was. was a genius for coming up with that idea. Well, Thank I don't you think very you were much. the only one that came up. I, think... I haven't seen anyone else with that idea. Did you come up with that yeah. idea as well? Well, we we, we both well, you... we are a hive mind, you and I. I think we were talking to each other about it, Michael. I don't think you came up with it by yourself. I'm claiming it, I'm claiming well, it. Well, listen, I thought this was hilarious because I always said this before, and I can't remember, but all the big deal that Gail and David made of. Stephen giving David a hip flask for Christmas. Mm. What a baffling gift that was. And then Audrey just gives a man with no car a roof box and nobody comments. I think somebody did at the time. I can't remember what excuse was, but it, it was a pretty slightly lazy way of getting a roof box into the story. I mean, I, I don't mind personally myself just because I'm pleased that I predicted what was going to happen with it and the adventures of, of Teddy going up to the Peak District next week should be a lot wow. of jolly fun. But yeah, I, I they could have been a better reason for there to have been a roof box for Stephen to use, I'm going to say. I'm assuming that Rita's donating this to the Gregory Pope shop. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So it's, it's we don't know exactly where it, the precinct is situated in Weatherfield and how far of a walk it is. Mm. But she's not walking there. She's dumping it all in the car. 
Um, she's, Stephen's like, oh, Jenny, you can use Audrey's roof box. And they're like, wow, what a gentleman. How helpful. Rita is, uh, is properly smitten with, uh, with old Stephen. Well, she? yeah, she's... she takes him for a drink. Yeah. And um, she knows he's sweet on Jenny. And he, she's quite pleased. She likes uh... the idea of them being together, <laughs> doesn't she? Stephen goes to see Teddy while he's at the bar. And Teddy's very friendly because he doesn't remember that he hates him. <laughs> and he still doesn't remember anything about Canada. And he's like... Maybe I'll just never know. Maybe I'll never remember. And Stephen's like, yeah, probably you will never remember. Just just make peace with just them. Stop trying stop to Stop trying remember. to think about things. Meanwhile, Rita tells Jenny what a gent Stephen is. And she says, if I were you, I'd pounce on him like a pigeon on a pasty. <laughs> Jenny doesn't really know um, whether he is spoken for with Elaine. And Rita says, no, he obviously fancies you, not Elaine. Poor Elaine hasn't had the message, though, because on Wednesday she's inviting Stephen out for a bite to eat and he's trying to get out of it. And she realises and she gets annoyed because she thinks it's to do with the fact that um, this financial arrangement has put him off. And she, he says, oh, no, 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 I'll take you out to dinner later. I insist. And then he's all like, oh, God, can't <laughs> believe it when she walks off. I feel so sorry for this woman. <laughs> I know. Like, Someone ought, worst... really ought to put her out of her misery. Honestly, though, I would rather just... I would, I would hate to be patronised like this. Yeah. Stephen's so condescending. I don't know who he thinks he is. She, she kind of took the hint in today's episode, didn't she? Well, it's about she's time. Got, yeah. Stephen still sees Gail in the pub later and admits he is trying to get Elaine down gently, but she's not taking the hint. And he jokes, you should pretend you're gay, which I thought was a bit random. <laughs> and uh, she's like, pretend you're gay like good old dad. Uh, Teddy's, Teddy's listening in. Um, and so he, he, in inverting commas, rescues Stephen from Elaine when they have a lunch date. Yeah, he kind and of... just comes in... Because brings himself step. into it, doesn't he? And she gets really annoyed and leaves and makes some pointed comments about him, uh, ruining their date. And when he's gone, Teddy explains that he was helping Stephen out. And Stephen's grateful. They go to the bar. <laughs> Daisy, Daisy then says, would you like some mulled wine? And then Teddy's like, mulled wine. Mulled wine, mulled wine, mulled wine, mulled wine. <gasps> I remember the Christmas market. It's all coming back to me. Something to do with mulled wine. I don't know why that's our Teddy voice. It's almost a, almost a Stephen voice there. Well, um, he. Da- Daisy's the like this. This story just needs a little bit of a kick up the ass at the moment. So for no apparent reason, here's some mulled wine. Yeah. <laughs> just like for no apparent reason, here's a roof box. Right, so they go to the back and he's like, oh, I remember seeing you before I got hit by the car, but I don't remember what we said. And Steve was like, oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> uh, then they're at the bistro and, and Steve, um, Teddy's remembering stuff. And it, I don't know if this was a joke or, or, or not, but it was quite, it was funny to me because he literally remembered nothing good about the whole trip. Yeah, to Canada, he's like he hated the plane. Child on the, the plane, kid, the stupid kid it. on the plane. The food was awful um, on the plane. Went to the hotel room. It, that was bad too. There was a lumpy pillow. Hated that. But I can't remember anything about Leo. Then Elaine comes in, and um, Jenny tells Stephen to go and hang out with her. So he does reluctantly. Um, he's distracted by the fact that he can't tell what is being remembered by Teddy. Yeah, because t- Teddy could be like on the verge of a breakthrough any second, and Stephen's like, like, what's he talking about? To Elaine whittering on about something. So um, Teddy's decided to go back to Canada, and that's the only thing to do. So on Friday, Stephen comes round to talk to Teddy and try to dissuade him from going. 
to, to Canada because he's going to only discover what he already discovered, which is that Leo never went to Canada. Teddy is um, determined he's going to go, so no go there. Elaine comes to the factory with coffee and pastries for Stephen and he puts her off and she gets knocked and, and leaves. Then Jenny texts Stephen to say, oh, there's been a last minute cancellation. So Teddy's going to Canada now. He rushes out to catch him and... Um, and he's like, oh, you, you don't want to, you don't want to go uh, yet. Come, I'll come and have a cappuccino with me and I'll say goodbye. It's like, if I was, if I was there with my bag packed about to get on the blooming Yeah, he's like, it's, it's thing, all right, I'll have a at the for... airport, thanks. Yeah, no. In the pub, Jenny overhears Elaine telling Tim that she wishes she hadn't loaned Stephen all that money. Um, but Gabrielle was so cruel to him and Tim, Tim is shocked and so is Jenny. And Tim says, well, I can see that he's dropping you now. He's got all that, got all that cash off you, you mm. idiot. We didn't say that. In the cafe, <laughs> Stephen's talking to Teddy and uh, Billy's behind him having a good old earwig, isn't he? And yeah, uh, also um, inserted into the storyline. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, he's saying, oh, you know, um, Leo doesn't care about you. He, he doesn't give a damn about you. He knew you were in a coma and he never even came to see you. Um, you told me he's, he hates you. I think you should just not bother wasting all your money on going to Canada. Yeah, it's just, um, it's not even very good there. <laughs> <laughs> the plane's rubbish. There are children everywhere. The food's terrible. And people speak in these most ridiculous accents. <laughs> <laughs> the pillows are lumpy. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you know what? I guess you're right. Uh, thanks, mate. Thanks for telling me. I will. Maybe I won't go. And Stephen's like, oh, great. Bye. <laughs> Leaves. <laughs> My job here is done. And then and Teddy starts talking to Billy and he's like, oh, don't don't mean to in, uh, to to. Um, Sorry to interrupt your storyline, love, but, but I've got something that's I've, slightly I've similar to this. It's similar... happened to me recently. My, my kid went missing and uh, couldn't get couldn't get hold of her. And uh, I wish I had. And I wish I had a tracking app. Tracking app. Tracking app. Tracking app. Wait a minute, that reminds me, says Teddy. <laughs> There's a tracking app thing or something. Do you remember that? You remember that? My, my mate who very conveniently works in the tracking business my mate, or whatever. He works for a mobile phone <laughs> no, company. special branch. Who investigated the, my missing son. Hasn't contacted me since I've been in a coma or come to see how I was or to bring He's up He's a really, the fact. really good mate. Like, yeah. like, hi, um, hi, Teddy. What happened about your son that went missing and he ended up just being around here? You found him, yeah. No, obviously he's like Teddy. I can t- I can track your son for you, but I will never talk to you again. Yeah. So anyway, he remembers that. Um, back at the factory, Sarah's asking Stephen if she and Michael can come to the factory because they've got a business meeting and they want to print off some labels. What kind of little podunky business are they running that they can't print their labels off somewhere oh, else? No. He gave them it's ten sad, grand. Isn't it? Yeah. For startup fees. And they're like, well, we'll save money on labels. So, well, yeah, printer ink is very expensive, Gemma. It is expensive. We know it's more expensive than human blood. <laughs> and there's plenty of that washing around Weatherfield these days. <laughs> so he says, oh, yeah, sure. Why not? Actually, everyone go home early. I'm in a really good mood. Because he thinks he's got away with murder. They all scurry off eagerly. And he's about to leave the factory when Teddy comes up to him and says, I remember everything. I think you've done something to my son. And he says, I've got reminded about my special branch friend and the, and the messages and the triangulation and the fact that he's never he didn't leave Weatherfield. And you're the one that told me... Um, you, you've lied to me and you... And he's like, no, I didn't. I would never lie. And 
Um, Teddy's like, yes, you did. Yeah, you, he, yeah, you he know, remembers um, telling Stephen all this yeah, before I he told got hit you, by and the you, van, didn't he? And, and you you've said not you can't remember it. Yes, what's and going he's like, on? Come inside and I'll explain with a hole punch. <laughs> Teddy's like, yes, of course, I will go inside with the person that I think maybe murdered my son I'll into go a dark, an abandoned dark factory. factory. That's a very, dark. very sensible thing to do. Audrey's looking for Stephen because she wants her car. She's going to the Peaks District to see Bev. I, 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 this this is Bev Bev, isn't it? Bev, Bev Unwin Bev. I think she's in the Peak District. That's that's who Deirdre was just, visiting. Just say it is. Yeah, we'll say it's yeah because they made up after Deirdre died, didn't they? Yes. So after unfortunately for Teddy, action cam immediately comes into play as soon as they go into the office together. So you know Stephen's about to kill him. Um, I think Coronation Street should try not doing that one time because as soon as you see action cam, you know there's going to be someone's action. Someone's going to get hit in the face or be murdered. I want surprise action. Yeah, um, Stephen's like, I didn't do anything to Leo, but I did lie because I just don't want you to be sad anymore. <laughs> Leo hates you, obviously, and he's like, I, I don't believe you. I want to know about these messages. I, I'm, I think you're. I think somebody else texted Leo from his phone. I don't think it was Leo. I think it was you. I think you killed Leo so you could get hold of Jenny. <laughs> and it's like, oh, so close. <laughs> You're so close to the truth. <laughs> I like that also. I like the way this, that um, <laughs> Stephen was like offended. It's like, I wouldn't kill anyone for a woman. It was an accident. Oh, <laughs> so, um. He says, I'm going to call the police. Stephen panics. Teddy turns around and Stephen grabs like a massive, hefty hole punch. That is a heavy duty. I bet you could get through almost a whole ream of paper with that. That's a a decent hole punch, isn't it? But be very careful because I broke a hole punch at school. Oh, God, I better not say that just in case it gets out there. Over the Christmas holiday, I was punching. Who did you kill with it? (laughs) Oh, well, it's out there now. Now I was was punching together a load of papers. I'd done a massive run of photocopying. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get all of this in one. If it, if it, look, if the paper fits in the gap, no, you is... should be able to punch it. Surely, don't make the gap that. that big. I remember that from the AJ trial. If the paper fits, you must acquit. <laughs> no, so I stuck my paper in, punched it, and it just kind of like collapsed. Completely went. <laughs> it went <laughs> dong. Yeah, so there's a warning, everybody. Well, this, this whole don't punch. Don't overload your hole punch. This hole punch was fine. It was it was Teddy that uh, I know I, I, I'm not surprised Michael wanted to borrow it. I'd, I'd want to, I'd, I'd sneakily forget to return it. And to be honest, oh well, yeah, it sounds like the sort of thing you do. <laughs> so um, these Tompkins men are very weak, aren't they? Because Leo dies just falling in a bin. No, Leo died getting his head smashed against the railing. It was both head injuries. And yeah, they've got they've got skulls like paper. <laughs> yeah, it must be a, a genetic thing. Probably. Yeah. I, I was. No, we'll come back to that. I'll come back to it. I've got my all my opinions on this. We'll come back to them later. He whacks him with a hole punch. Teddy goes down, and then in comes Michael. Hello, just just looking for to do those labels again. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like oh my god, get out of here. He leaves Teddy on the floor in the main office, and Michael's blabbering on about oh this sales pitch. Um, you can you help me? Uh, we're we're trying to do do a meeting and he's like no you gotta go Carla's coming she's gonna be so mad if she finds out that you've been printing labels you know what she's like she's really petty with the paper <laughs> you just imagine her coming wait, in on wait, Monday yeah. going hang on what's going on here there used to be 100 labels and now there's only 99 sheets left what's happened we're in happened? a recession Gemma she's just you've got she's to got count, to count the pennies, pennies yeah. yeah so Michael's like oh do you know what I actually would quite like to use hole punch 
Oh, what I'm not going to use it for farms though. I want to smack Sarah on the head to get out of this stupid <laughs> business I'm trying to do with her. Stephen's like, oh no, I'll get it. Don't you worry. I'll I'll bring it to you. He he um he looks over at Teddy on the floor and then runs back to Michael. He's like, off you go. You better hurry up because Carla's going to come. She's going to be so mad. Runs back into the office, texts for a post. Teddy is dead. And he's like, yep. no! Why? I it's don't the curse know of my the Teds. I'm telling you, if oh you're a Ted God. on Coronation Street, you are for the chop. I love this so much. It's so funny. Um, He's done it again. He's killed again. Oops, he did it again. <laughs> now, it cuts to another break, and the shot that we get is the factory fl- <clears throat> floor. CCTV cam, wasn't it? Yeah, that'd be interesting. So it was ob- and they didn't make anything of the CCTV for the rest of the episode. And there was nobody but- on it. No. So we don't know what was picked up, but we have been warned now. Well, it would clearly it would have shown up, yeah. yeah Michael and Teddy going in there. Um, Michael and- coming. Sorry, Stephen and Teddy going in there. Michael coming in as well. Presumably, it would also have picked up Stephen dragging, dragging his corpse. body out. So I hope that Carla's not doing a little CCTV check on the next episode. Well, no. So, the next time we see him, he's got this roof, roof box, box. Which is obviously containing the dead body of Teddy. And he's trying to get it into the back of the van. And Kevin and Abby come over and they're like, oh, what are you, why are you trying to put it in the back? Why don't you put it on the top? And he's like, oh. Um, and they're like, we'll help you. And so they all, they all lift this. Tim comes over too because he's nosing about and he wants to go at Stephen. But they all help him lift this dead body onto <laughs> the roof They're going to feel so box, stupid when they the realise. They're going to go, oh, why don't we know? When I was looking at this, I was thinking that roof box actually looks like a really cool futuristic coffin. I think George and Todd should look into this mm. as a cheaper alternative. <laughs> like you say, we're coming into a recession maybe cost of living crisis what better way to save money than to bury everybody in their own roof boxes <laughs> tell you what it's a bit like the vikings being buried in their or burned in yeah. their boats yeah there's quite a few dads that would probably really like that <laughs> but yeah that's very practical yeah i agree with that good idea anyway um they hoist him aloft a, a and uh, strap him to the roof although i didn't actually see them strap him so imagine audrey just gunning it Screeching around the corner, Teddy flings <laughs> off. She's like, oh. Smashes into the uh, the brewery. She's like, oh, he didn't really like that box anyway. <laughs> and he's just, yeah, lying there somewhere. That's not what happened. So, anyway, he's got this roof box on the top, and then Tim confronts him and says, what's going on with you and my mum? And he says, well, you, uh, we're, we're just friends. And T- Tim says, don't you mess her around. Jenny comes along, and she, and. She, and Audrey wants the car. He's panicking. He needs the car. He's got to take sewing machines to be fixed. And Jenny's like, right, that's it. You, I need to talk to you about what's in that roof box. So he takes her inside and he's probably minutes away from also bashing her in the head. But he's probably hasn't got any idea about where to stow the body. He hasn't got any other... He's, like, he's just weighing up which of the stationary supplies there. Oh, should I, should I do the, uh, the stapler? Will that work? I don't know. Oh, I've got a Newton's cradle here. That might... You know, I'll make put her head right in the middle of it. Yeah, or just you know, clop, jab clop, her in the eye with clop. a pencil, maybe. Stick it up, stick it up the nose. Oh, yeah. But luckily, thank goodness... She's got she, the wrong end of the stick. Yes. She thinks he's stealing the sewing machines. Because he's poor. Because he's borrowed money off Elaine. And he's yeah. like, oh gosh, no, I, uh, um, no, I'm not stealing. 
not stealing sewing machines, although that is a really good idea now I think about it. Um, Gabrielle, clear me out, but I'm paying it back to Elaine. And he, she's like, do you, do you fancy Elaine then? Or is it he just in it for the money? And he's like, oh, there is a spark, but not anymore. And Jenny's like, well, I'm your friend if you ever need to talk. So after this weird, frankly, very weird conversation, which didn't really make a lot of sense, he comes out and the car's gone. <laughs> <laughs> There's Sarah and Michael with their big, their arms full of paper, ready to ready punch to do business. them. And uh, she's like, oh yeah, Gran just took it to go to the Peak District. She told you she wanted to borrow it. And he's like, oh, I've got really, really important things. And oh my God, <laughs> don't tell her not to look in the roof box. Oh, I cannot wait to see what happens on Monday. He's but just, I feel like the, the, the closing shot on today's just, episode was, I mean, it's pretty much Stephen's rest face at the moment, isn't it? Going, oh. Do you know, it, he panics like a Muppet. You know, like on the Muppets where when they panic, they kind of like, they wiggle their arms about and they open their mouth and like, ah! it. Yeah. it reminds me of that. I just love it so much. But I nobody just... else ever notices. No. And so, yeah, I mean, he's John staping it right up, isn't he? he? He is a bit. I mean, yeah, it wasn't, I can't say it was an accidental death. I mean, with, with... it wasn't an accident. No, no, no. But I, think, I mean, John Staples were kind of accidental. No, actually, Charlotte Hoyle wasn't. Actually, Charlotte Hoyle was a, was a hammer to the back of the head. In fact, it was very similar. We Although, need to... to be honest, I think it's probably easier and more realistic to kill someone with a hammer than a hole punch. But it was a hefty hole punch. Yeah, full full marks for originality there, Curry. Whoever came up with that one. I want to go to Staples and see what kind of murderous hole punches they carry. Yeah. You're right, you're right. I want to see if I can buy one. It might come in <laughs> useful. So, um, you, you, you very much enjoyed this tonight, Brilliant. didn't you? I, uh, I really, really, really wanted to. And, and there were bits that I definitely did enjoy. Um, but I, I ended the episode feeling a little bit let down. Um, partly because I went into the episode somewhat spoiled about what was going to happen. Um, although I hadn't seen for sure that Teddy was the one that was going to be um, offed by Stephen. Coronation Street made no secret of the fact, and was in fact blowing the trumpet of spoilers, that Stephen would kill again. And the, I mean, the, the word was out there as well, wasn't it? Because since watching the episode, we had a look through the synopses of today's episode and, and the pictures and everything, and they were saying, yep, Teddy's dead, um, Stephen kills him. So I guess, I, I'm guessing in the TV guides where Stephen kills again was emblazoned across the front pages last week. If you were to buy one of those, you'd say it was Stephen. They just completely and utterly spoiled it. And I'm thinking... What? Teddy? Teddy, so yeah. What, why, why would you do this? Why why spoil it? Is it just um, to get the viewers in? It must be. I think be. I know what happened, but I'm not going to say. What, what? I think I know what happened, but I'm not going to say. Oh, I don't know what happened. Oh, interesting. You've got her theory. Tell me later. I, I really, really wish they hadn't because um, if, yeah, if if any, if we'd all gone into this episode not knowing that Stephen was going to kill again, it would have been <laughs> so much more effective. Like, I loved it. I don't care. I didn't. Ca- I I am. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I loved. I love the fact that he used the roof box. I. I mean, even if you knew all of that was going to happen. Which you didn't 100% for sure. Yeah, I'm you not... You still didn't I, know I don't that know whether the roof... was going to drive off into the sunset. I don't know whether that was in the synopsis. With the dead body. I, yeah, I don't know whether that was in the synopsis or not. But, no, I just... 
Well, whenever I know what's going to happen, and if I think it's going to be something quite exciting, I'll always build it up bigger in my head and go, oh, this is going to be the most epic thing ever. And then sometimes, not well, I won't say more often than not, but sometimes I'm let down when what I'm thinking is going to happen is not quite living up to my expectations. And, I, and although I'm glad that the roof box thing happened, I did prefer my theory of Stephen scaling the scaffolding and then climbing into his bedroom well, yeah, window you, at the that Rovers. That was your prediction, wasn't it? You predicted yeah. that he was going to kill Teddy. So did I did. I'm, I'm doing well for my predictions this year. No, I didn't cheat. I didn't cheat. Well, you said you knew that he was going to kill Teddy. I'm just trying to clear it up. Well, no, I didn't know he was going to till, kill Teddy. Oh, I thought you said you did know. No, 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 I didn't know that he was going to kill him before today. But I knew that the spoilers were... I knew that he was going to kill somebody. Oh. Well, but I think if you knew he was going to kill somebody, it's pretty obvious it's going to be Teddy. Well, yeah, exactly. Although at the beginning of the episode... I mean, the beginning of the week it wasn't. But after Wednesday's episode, when Teddy's memory starts to come back, <laughs> if you've even just seen the headline, Stephen kills again, but you've avoided any other spoilers like I did... Then it's like, well, clearly it's going to be it's going to be him. Then I mean, there could have been a bit of a curveball, like could have been Elaine, could have been Jenny or whatever. But it, it's it was... not going to be Jenny. No, no, exactly, it wasn't. So that I just, I it, it really All really right. winds me up. Really, really does. Uh, the scene itself was fine. I do think that oh, the God. no, I'm just saying. I mean, look, you can tell me how good it was in a minute if you like. I just thought that you know Stevens. Stephen's reaction was a little bit, a bit hokey and a little bit over the top, and um, I, I, I don't necessarily buy that you can kill someone with a hole punch, but you know I've never tried, so I, I don't know. Um, yeah, it, it just wasn't, it just wasn't my favourite murder on Coronation Street, I have to say, and all the coincidences with. Oh, Jenny's overheard such and such talking about his, his money woes. And oh, well, here's a coincidence. Michael wants to use the factory later. And oh, here's a coincidence. It just all added up to being a little bit contrived, unfortunately. But the best bit of the whole thing was absolutely Audrey driving off. With with the roof box at the end of it, I I almost wish we'd have seen no. Then we'd have got you know the, the the final shot could have been Audrey tootling down the road just with a blissful smile on her face. Just imagine if the last shot of the episode, rather than Stephen going gulp, it had been Audrey driving down the road just singing along to a car radio or something, blissfully unaware of what was you know mere feet above her. I think that would have been a, a no. A, I loved the way it was. I just episode. loved him coming out and, and going, oh no, where's where's my where's the car? Oh God. And him, and the way that he was like protesting too to to Sarah and Michael that he she can't have taken the car because he'd need something in the roof box as though that made any difference whatsoever <laughs> to whether or not she'd taken it. Yeah. Well, I hope that um, Audrey isn't planning. To, what what do you get at the Peak District? It's like fudge or something? I don't know. I hope she's not planning to fill the roof box with that. I what, what, isn't it going to start to smell? I suppose it's quite cold at the moment. It's minus... it is. It's January. It's it's perfect. It's prime corpse transporting um, climate at the moment. Well, to be we, honest, we need to ask George what he thinks. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, He's probably undertaker George. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I just think that if I compare this episode to the Leo death episode, mm-hmm. that wins hands down every time. And I think it is. I think it's partly to do with the direction. Partly just the Ooh. circumstances and everything, you know, everything with that episode to me, and it, and it wasn't just the fact that we saw bits of it being filmed, works a, a lot, a lot better. Clearly, 
the Stephen dragging Leo's corpse into the van was done so much better. All of the shots of Leo's body with like the blood oozing out of the ears. You didn't have any of that with Teddy, very, did it you? It was a lot more It was sinister. a lot more, a million times more sinister that was. And then you also had... I mean, that happened halfway through the episode, if I remember rightly, back in September. And then the rest of the episode was Stephen completely on edge and, like, the police turning up at the factory and are they going to go and look in the bins, but they don't and everything. And it just felt like they got the tension a million times righter in that one than this one. It, it it just didn't have me on the edge of a seat in the same way, unfortunately. Even though with that one, I knew how the episode was end because we, we'd seen it being filmed. And this one, I didn't know how it was going to end. So, I don't. What do you think? Do you think that? I thought it was a really good mirroring mirroring shot because we had a few um, shots of us seeing Stephen from the inside of the van, just like we did when he was trying to drag Leo into the. Into mm. the back, so that was really cool, like a little bit of a mirror there. A little bit of a I agree back. with you that it wasn't as high stakes, but that's because we expected this to happen. Like when when um, Stephen killed Leo, it was so unexpected and really sinister and dark. And and um, they're doing to to Stephen what they did to John Stape, where it becomes farcical. And I I kind of I like that. I think it's funny, and so it doesn't need to be really gory and shocking and stuff. It's just the kind of hammy panto I I, I think they need to de-ham it a little bit I don't I don't I love it I think how how can you not love Abby Kevin and and Stephen all lifting this box of a corpse and him um being confronted by Jenny about stealing sewing machines. I wonder how tempting it was for Ellen Taylor, who wrote tonight's episode, not to throw in the line, oh, it feels like you've got a dead body in here. Yeah, I think that would have been a bit, a step too far. But Yeah, um, J- Jenny coming along and saying, I want to talk to you about the contents of that roof box. I was, and that was obviously meant to make you go, what, does she know or thing? But when she came up with the thing of, you're stealing sewing machines, I was, well, we, we both kind of looked over at her and thought, well, why would she immediately Why jump to that conclusion? That? I, I mean, I, I guess the whole thing with Jenny being there was literally just to get him back inside the factory so that Audrey could come and take the car. I don't know why she said anything about the sewing machines, though. It would mm. have made more sense if she had just said, can I talk to you about Elaine? Mm. Like, uh, do you fancy her? Because you, I, I'm getting mixed messages off of you. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, that bit of the conversation wasn't too bad, and it, it definitely kind of ties into the theory that Stephen and Jenny may well be um, getting a bit closer in the coming weeks, doesn't it? Killer landlord. Uh, oh, no, I, I, it could happen, it could happen. I um, have seen lots of people saying that they think that Michael's going to be framed for the crime of... I, I thought I think, that as well. I don't know. Racial think... profiling rears its ugly head again. Well, obviously, Stephen's going to realise at some point that there's CCTV and it's going to be a really... This is my prediction. He's going to be reminded in some weird roundabout way by Carla saying something like, oh, well, better better do my monthly viewing of everything that's happened in the factory for no reason. <laughs> and then he'll be like, oh, my God, no, um, I'll do it for you. Don't worry about it. And then he'll manage just in the nick of time to get the 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 tapes and dispose of them but I don't I think it's a bit of a red red herring to think that Michael's going to be um framed for this because number one he hasn't got a motive number two if if Stephen plays his cards right 
Nobody thinks that Audrey's going to find this corpse. She's going to come back on Monday and he'll be like, oh, mum, did you have a good time? And she'll be like, oh, lovely. Anyway. Unless, I mean, he could very well follow her up to the Peak District. Yeah, Are we going to get some location I'd shooting? I would absolutely adore that. But listen, but... the other thing is, um, nobody knows that... Teddy didn't go to Canada. Yes, I mean, that's the big thing, isn't it? It's very convenient that both of Stephen's victims are both supposed <laughs> to be on their way to Canada. So, every, like, is, is the next... Is this just going to be on a loop here? Teddy's, you know, brother comes along and says, oh, I just need to go and speak to Teddy. I'm going to go over to Canada to find one. Teddy. And while I'm there, the whole Everyone Tompkins in... family is just going to be no, emigrating across one, the pond. The entire population of Weatherfield is going to be murdered, saying they're going to Canada. Yeah. And the other side, Justin Trudeau is going to be there going, I thought people were going to come round for tea. <laughs> Everyone said they were coming here and nobody is. Does nobody <laughs> like me anymore? I do, I do yoga. Yeah, I mean... That's what he sounds like. I... I assume that there aren't any other contacts. They they can't keep stringing that along again. So t- everyone's just going to assume that right, Teddy's so what, gone to Canada. So here's my another prediction. He's going to take his phone. Stephen's going to take Teddy's phone and he's going to learn from his past mistake and turn it off and destroy it immediately without texting people. <laughs> yeah. And then his friend's going to turn up and be like, oh, I'm the bloke who... I'm the triangulation guy. Who couldn't be bothered to turn up when my friend was in a coma, but um, I heard he was going to Canada and I wanted to ask him if he could get me some maple syrup. <laughs> and then he'll be like, listen here, you, you leave you leave him alone. Like, I think he'll try to intimidate him. <laughs> Wouldn't it be ironic if the triangulation guy turns up and he says, sorry, I didn't come and visit you. I couldn't work out which hospital you were in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the question is, what? how is he going to cover for him going missing as regards to Jenny. He doesn't need to. Yes, he does, because Jenny's going to wonder where the hell Teddy's gone. I she don't... knows he's gone to Canada and he has a phone with him and she, they'll be in touch with each other and she'll be texting him going, any update, what's happening? Are you in Canada yet? How was your fly? I heard there was an annoying kid the first time. And he'll be like, radio silence. Then she'll start getting suspicious and ask ask Stephen but he mm. if he's stupid if he he can't be stupid enough to do the, the mobile phone trick again knowing that his friend can, tr- can track the maybe yeah. he'll go to Canada <laughs> and text and go uh, it's me Teddy I'm here um I don't want to talk to you anymore you smell send <laughs> right throw that in a throw that in a, a I don't pot know. of poutine yeah and then come back on the on the plane. Sorted. What whatever happens, I do not expect that Stephen is going to be rumbled for this you for a very him long hanging time. Hanging about in the in the airport, going, "Hey, you're going to Canada. Can you take this phone with yeah. you and text somebody when you get Strange there?" Strange request. <laughs> this is going to sound really weird, but here's hundred pounds. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I think he's going to totally get away with this. But he's he's going to he's going to get the body. Maybe he's going to yeah push it in a. Push it down yeah, a mountain how much of this in the Peak District, see? or is he going to bring him back to Weatherfield and, and bury him with Leo? And he's just going to have this, <laughs> this, this grave, <laughs> grave, uh, graveyard of Tompkins down there. I don't know, but he's yeah, he's going to totally he... get away with it. The CCTV, yeah, he's going to oh, find. Oh, I know that. what he could do if he goes to the if he goes to the Peak District, and he manages to get the the corpse off of Audrey, he could he could chuck him in the water, and then make out that he um, killed himself. Because he was so sad about... Maybe. He could say, because he's got a witness now. Billy saw him talking yeah. to 
Teddy, and that might come up too, because Billy might be like, no, he didn't go to Canada, because I spoke to him about it, and he said, and I told him to keep looking for Leah. No, he did go to Canada. Stephen told him not to go. Stephen told him not to go to but Canada, then I told so him Billy to overheard go. him saying, I'm, don't, I'm not going to go to Canada. But then, but then um, Stephen could be like, oh yeah, but he was so sad, mm. when I, it's my fault, I feel really guilty, because I told him his son hates him, and maybe that it was too much for him, and he went to the Lake District. Peak District. Peak District. Mm. And, and um, killed to himself. Have a peak. I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't think that far ahead. I just think that he's well, going to get I mean, away with it for longer. The CCTV is going to be found. I, d- I can't. If you find a dead body floating about in a lake, I assume they've got lakes in the Peak District and peaks in the Lake District. But I'm not <laughs> completely sure. But if you find a dead body floating around in a in a lake with a bonk in its head, you're just going to assume that he he hit his head and then fell in the lake and died. Mm. I suppose there wouldn't be any water in his lungs. Look, the Weatherfield Police aren't that. No. Good. Yeah, but the Peak District Police. They're Gemma, on it. They're peak policemen. <laughs> Do you think it'll be Sarah Lancashire as a... Oh, yeah. Get Raquel in. Um, no, I think the the, the, the the whole punch that Michael's now got, I just I just don't think that... No why, why would gonna Nobody's going to be looking for a this whole is, punch. Say, They're going to find be... the body and say, oh, there's... We found a, a a flurry of little mini little mini paper None circles this, on yeah. the, on the corpse. What can this mean? None of this will ever be part of the story. This is not what Corey. We've we've been burned too many times with this minutia of of a, of a murder, mm. where we're like, oh yeah, but Pat Phelan and the the earring in the office and Anna and the and the vacuum cleaner and Seb was up the ladder and all this stuff. Mm. It comes to nothing in the end. It just Corey I... doesn't care about all those details. There all must that's be a happen, reason. At the end they've... of it, he's going to be found out by making a mistake and he'll confess or it'll be obvious what's happened and he'll never I don't think he's ever going to go to court for any of this I think he's going to die yeah, he'll at the die. end of this he'll story die. so all this stuff about did he bonk him on the head with this that or the other thing how exactly did the whole thing happen none of it will come there's, to there's anything there's just got to be a reason that he gave it to Michael because at the moment there's no reason for the police to be investigating the factory at all he's, he's managed to cover himself quite well up to I don't this think point. anyone's going to look at the whole punch and I don't think that mm. Michael's going to notice mm. he said that when we were watching it that um, he should have gone down in a in a shower of little paper holes didn't yeah. you? that would have been quite it would have been great it would just, have been then you know, he bashes him it just goes Ooh, yeah, all over the place so. and then he would have had to have like scrambled on the floor picking up all the holes yeah <laughs> that would have been great yeah maybe it was a good idea in uh, in theory but maybe that would have been just made too much of a mess on the set I don't know um, anyway so it was it was quite exciting I loved it I think it's great I can't wait for more what's going to happen do, do, do we assume we assume there was going to be more I mean um, well if, it, if on Monday it's like Stephen you look really shifty and he's like yeah never mind I just had a hard weekend. <laughs> and then that's we don't see any of it. I'll be a bit disappointed. But. Yeah, no, I'm sure. But they, they wouldn't set us up for this and then no, just tell us about what happened. No, I really before. don't think so. But we, we've been talking about the, the possibility of there being a second victim for a long time. I mean, it just seemed to be a, a given in the Corrie viewing community, didn't it? That Stephen was going to kill again. So it's good that at last we found out who the first victim is. And I mean, is, is he going to kill again? Yeah, he's got to kill Gabrielle because there was there's no reason why we needed to see her the other day when she was on the phone, mm. and she was in a she was in a car in England or in the UK, wasn't she? Because she had the car the driving on the other side of the road, which she don't in Italy or Canada, so she's not either of those places. Mm. She's next, and then he's gonna come a cropper 
when he tries to kill Elaine. I, That's I, my prediction. I, 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 whenever I see Elaine at the moment, I'm thinking, oh, please, just just bump her off. Can't can't he just... You're rude. She's just so annoying, she's isn't she? She's just such a victim. I, I feel bad for Stephen. Like, if she kept coming into my workplace and giving well, me danishes and coffees, I'd be like, oh, leave me alone, woman. Well, he keeps feeding her donut. It's like the, he's like the past, giving a passy to the pigeon. I think it's a good idea having Jenny as part of this story, because honestly... Everybody else who's involved with Stephen are, are fairly low stakes, apart apart from, you know, Audrey herself, obviously. But nobody cares about Leo dying, sorry. Nobody's going to be mourning Teddy or missing him. He needs to have a victim that is going to, you know, cause waves and ripples. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think he's going to kill Jenny, but I think that Jenny needs to be in danger yeah. at some point. We need to think that maybe we're, he's going to kill him. But... Yeah, I, I don't know whether he is actually going to kill a real a, a main character, but he should because you know Richard started off, you know, he 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 let Dougie die. He was a main character. Then you add Patricia, not main character. Who cares? And then the grand finale was Maxine, um, John Stape. God. He didn't. He said he didn't have any main character vi- uh, victims, no, did he? he I mean Charlotte Hoyle and and Joy Fishwick, and I think that was it, wasn't it? Yeah, and but, then, but then you've got then you've got Pat, Pat Feelan, obviously, who you know. Andy, Luke, watching Michael... No, I'm going to say... They they were more major than Teddy and... But they're not as major as Maxine. No, no. I I hope... I think think that Richard Hillman wins so far for the highest stakes victim. Yeah, no, I'll I'll definitely agree with you there. Um, Now, is there anybody on the street... I mean, if you're talking bright young things with with a hopeful future ahead of them, why don't you just bump off Summer? No, yeah... Yeah. I think a lot of people would actually really like it if he did that. He, he, he I don't want to sacrifice anybody. Um, sometimes you've got to sacrifice a great character to make it a long-lasting, <sighs> memorable storyline. Who wants to leave? Like, like we've said before, there's been, um, you know, lots of people aren't really keen on this story. And I think that possibly for some people, raising the stakes by having him kill off a major character no, might, just, might just help. Now, if if it is if, it, if I was Ian McLeod, I'd have you know a big a big meeting in the in the gym. <laughs> yeah, anyone want? Oh, I was gonna say bring on all the characters. Eh? Anyone want to take one for the team? Anyone yeah, yeah, be in bumped the gym, off in by... the gymnasium after school, everyone comes. Oh, okay. And I'll say, right, I'm not gonna kill you, but I want a volunteer. And if I don't <laughs> get one, I'll start bumping people off one by one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, what did you think about the whole? Teddy's memory coming back. Did it feel it, realistic it felt, it to felt you? Organic to me because he was things were jogging his memory that made sense. Mm. I, I mean that this is apparently how those kind of things work. Maybe I'm it just thinking about work, fiction here. You know, it doesn't need to work. I do. in a in a biological manner because it's fiction. And I know that we moan about stuff, but this is Daisy randomly are, bringing out the mulled wine was a little of, contrived. This whole story is a suspension of disbelief for me. I'm they can do whatever fantastical stuff they want. Yeah. Yeah. You're in it for the for the murder. I love the it. Darkness. More more murders. Kill off <laughs> kill off Gabrielle, kill off Elaine, kill off who else can he kill off? There's there's plenty. I, 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 I I'd like I'd like him to have a period of thinking he's got away with it because I am a little bit tired of desperate panicking Steve. Well, ha- There's only so much of that I can take. I think he needs to be kind of cock of the walk. Like yeah, I got well, away like with this. Today now when he let everybody go home early. 
Yeah, he's the boss. It was the the architect of his own doom there. <laughs> um, so yeah, not not too bad stuff. I'm, I'm glad you really really enjoyed it. It, it was, it was, it was so so for me, but time. partly it was me building it up in my own head, like I said. Um, summer storyline. Are we ready to move on to yeah. that? I actually thought that Monday's summer episode was really quite exciting. I, I gave Monday's episode a banging on our street talk shorts, and a lot of that was because of the summer stuff. So we were laugh- left last week with her um, tapping on that window to try and escape Ugh. the nursery prison that she oh had found herself in in Esther and Mike's house and then we were thinking oh what, what's she going to try how's she going to try and escape you had all your theories about you know or if I was she trapped in a room this. with such and such that. equipment but she just, she doesn't bother does she? she 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 wakes up first thing on Monday's episode after her first um floor lying scene of 2023 but by no means is it her last one somebody i saw on the internet the other day made a little collage with pictures of summer collapsing all the various times over the year well done whoever did that anyway so it's still dark so it's so yeah middle of the night mike comes up to the door and calls through and she's like i need to i need to top up my insulin my glucose levels are too high and he's like no no i don't believe you he says he doesn't believe her anyway and he says look i just can't risk you talking to esther he's clearly got no plan at the moment he panicked locked her in there and is like what do i do now because once you've imprisoned someone you've either got to kill them or you've got to go down for the crime, haven't you? As as Pat Phelan himself found after he had Andy locked up in that cellar for all those months. Yeah, this is the this is yeah. You've just up the ante, haven't you? And it's. Uh... Mm. I mean, there was a point when Andy uh, Carver was almost convinced to say, "Look, I'll, I'll go on the run. I won't say anything." He got a yeah. bit of the Stockholm syndromes there, didn't they? But um, summer Wait. summer sadly didn't have enough time trapped in the in the in the room to get help to get that. But um, yeah. I, I, I want to just at this point, you, you were listening randomly to one of our older episodes uh, the other oh, day, weren't you? Oh, what did I say? Well, yeah. You, you texted me a load of things. Uh, this was at the beginning of, what was it, episode? It was before 500 anyway. It was when Summer was diagnosed with her um, uh, yeah, diabetes. And one of the things you told me was that I said, I wonder how long it will be for Summer to be trapped in a room without her insulin. Yeah. So, there we go, that's happened. It was episode 476. It's just started randomly playing on my Podbean app for some reason. And um, my phone just turned off, oh, so I can't tell you. Oh, well. You you, you were talking about... Um, uh, you were saying, oh, why, why is it always uh, female characters that have got... Um... I said, oh, yeah, there's not, no male character with diabetes. Yeah. And that made me remember that Aaron has diabetes. He does, yeah, so you've got and, that. Yeah, you but... You predicted we, this storyline. But if I was at Aaron... Two years ago. If you're Aaron, after a certain amount of time, aren't you just looking at someone going, why is this so difficult for you? <laughs> oh, I'm the other, fine. The other Why thing are you, that you always fainting? The other thing that you said that we said back then was, well, at least Summer, you know, she's a really sensible girl. And yes. if, if if anyone's going to manage diabetes and having to inject yourself and taking your bloods and everything, then it's going to be Summer. So that was quite funny that that turned out not to be true at all. Anyway, um, so so she, she's there. She's still trapped in the room. Um, but then Aaron comes around to the flat to find Summer. So... Um, she she's well, to, you know to Billy's flat and uh, Billy's a bit confused and he's like hang on a minute I thought that I thought that Summer was with you so this is when they start to realise uh oh where is Summer got to so he phones uh, her up leaves a message on her sorry I'm trying to 
charge my phone. You're being really, really sneaky about this. I don't think anybody's noticed <laughs> think got that you're rooting that. around in your handbag at the moment. It's fine. Um, yeah, so, so they're like, oh, yeah, where, where's where's Summer? He, he, he leaves you a message, checks his glucose app thingamabob, um, but says it stops sending notifications. We, we know this is because um, Summer's phone's run out of battery. Um, and and yes, yeah, so a bit bit panicky. So meanwhile, back at the at the at Esther and Mike's house, Summer and Mike are there talking through the door, and he's like, "Oh, Esther can't find out that I've got a child." Um, <laughs> also, it, uh, that I kidnapped you. Yeah, all oh, my heart's breaking, but you know, everyone makes mistakes, just just like you did, Summer, with the with the money when when you took when you took that ten thousand pounds, knowing that you'd had a grand. miscarriage. Well, she 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 got the first 10 ground honestly didn't she but she did somewhat deceive him to get well, the next she one. should have given it back when she realised I that. know exactly exactly um, so Summer kind of realises that yeah I've been a bit devious as well with this so um, Paul's later on the hunt for Summer but nobody's got any idea where, where she is um, Mike brings in Summer a can of some drink or something but then he has to dash off because he got he gets a notification on his doorbell and it's Mike uh, sorry it's Aaron coming to the door and this is all quite exciting because it's like oh what's going to happen is he going to find out is he going to realise that Summer's there and, and and Mike's like no um, yeah, oh yeah Summer came round earlier um, oh she's just gone shopping with Esther yeah it's fine they've gone to town um no, no, you, no, don't, 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 um, don't ring up Esther. She might be driving. I'm not going to give you her phone number. No, it's fine. And and Aaron kind of is like, okay, that's a bit weird. But um, it was just the worst. As lie. long as as long as she's there with Esther, I guess that's okay. So so he he kind of goes off on his on his way, and um, and there's a bit of a banging uh, that comes from upstairs, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. I mean, a pathetic banging. Oh, I see. Actually, that must have been her collapsing on the floor, was it? Well, he said it was. Yeah, there was. There was a thud, and I thought it was maybe Summer trying to attract Aaron's attention, but I'm just kind of realising well, no, right that now would that be was her collapsing onto clever, the floor. Wouldn't it? Um, what? She just made no effort at all. No, that's because she was collapsing. She was yeah, collapsing. Yeah, but she her fault. she knew that there was somebody at the door. Oh uh, yeah, she did. And she she was she like. Eh. She could have taken her sock off and banged it on the window really, really hard. Um, anyway, so anyway, yeah, Aaron's gone. And um, oh no, that wasn't her collapsing because he then goes, I'm just looking at my notes again. He goes back up to the door, uh, to the room, and Summer's getting all woozy and, and a bit blurry in the eyes there. So, so she was she trying literally, to attract She was trying give to attract her, give her Aaron's a small... A, yeah, but with like one pathetic thud. Anyway, um, Mike brings her a charger later and says, look, I just want to sit and talk with you. Maybe have a cup of tea or something. I need to explain myself. He lets himself into the room and she's collapsed. She's on the floor again. First collapse of the year. First of many, probably. So Mike's like, oh, what do I do? Um, She could die. I could get in trouble. Am I going to phone 999? Oh, but then I might have to explain the whole why she trapped in the nursery thing. So he's he checks her pulse and he's like, Summer, Summer, wake up, wake up. Um, he tries tries to feed her sugar. Yes, there's a name which is apparently not the thing that you're supposed to do no, when somebody's. You, uh, everybody knows this. Died of, oh, not died, collapse of a diabetic attack. You know this, don't you? I, don't I do now. Any no, don't put anything in anyone's mouth if they're unconscious. Nothing, not even for a joke. Not even a funny like cigar or something. Yeah, put it on the that internet so good, they're passed out. That would have been a good uh, trick to like blackmail her. Yeah. Like in um, spoiler alert, uh, Happy Valley. 
Oh yeah, I know. We, I know the scene you're talking about. Put some incriminating stuff around her, and then when she wakes up, be like, "Ha! If you tell anyone I kidnapped you and, and uh, put you in a diabetic coma, I'm going to show them a picture of you dressed in a in a in a, in a Cambridge scarf." Yeah, they'll never they'll <laughs> never, never let you into Oxford now. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so um, meanwhile, uh, Aaron is back with Billy saying. To, to that something didn't seem quite right with Mike, so they're kind of getting a bit more worried and suspicious. Um, Esther then turns up just to compound the drama. Uh, she, she turns up with Mike, and she's like, "What the hell is going on? What's Summer doing on the floor?" And Mike's like, "Oh, I didn't mean for this to happen." Why she got sugar all over her face? To ask, to ask. Esther's like kneels down next to her. It's like Summer, Summer, and Mike's kind of having to admit to. Esther that yeah I kind of kept her in the room overnight she she threatened to back out of the surrogacy and I just panicked I just trapped her in the room and Esther's like oh a bloody God. ambulance you nutcase so she rings 999 explains what's going on Summer's looking dead pale at this point of course we knew that she would be okay because Summer always bounces back from these things um, but she's Esther says oh, Mike if Summer dies it's on you yeah and uh, and, and I was thinking we'd forgive you Mike I don't, think don't worry about it Esther might hold it against it. you but yeah it's okay it's fine um, Billy Aaron and Todd meanwhile should have, have a nice funeral you know that for a fact because Billy would oh, do yeah, the, put out all ser- the stops. ceremony and Todd would get her a discount yeah that's very true actually Yeah. I don't know what Paul would bring to the ceremony DJing DJing He'd be doing his um, let's get ready to rumble dance wouldn't he in his unicorn yeah, onesie um, so Todd, Todd, Billy and Aaron, very, very worried about where Summer is. Um, so they go and have a nice cup of tea in the cafe to, <laughs> to talk about what a terrifying situation this is because I don't know where their collective daughter is. And um, Todd says, oh, yeah, well, you know, the uh, last thing I spoke to Summer about was uh, telling her that Mike had had an affair. So maybe that's related to it. And Billy's like, uh-oh, she must have gone and confronted Mike. What could Mike do? Should we call the police? And, and they're like... No, why would we call the police? That would make the storyline um, over and done with too quickly without any drama. We need to go and, and vigilante it up and, uh, and go and have it out with them ourselves. Um, and anyway, anyway, what if what if Summer is actually shopping with Esther, like Mike said? Oh, and then the police will be so mad at us for calling we'll them out for nothing. We'll, um, we'll be messing with Summer's street cred in front of her new friend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um... Cut to the hospital and... Super nurse. There. So super nurse, Aggie, is there. Patron um, saint of the NHS. Yeah, she's, she's in many places at once. She runs herself ragged, that woman. But she happens to be there of this huge hospital just when Mike and Esther come in with Summer and they're giving her a fake name and everything. What was it? Davina Lat- Latte or something. It Davina sounded Latte. like, which is hilarious. And Aggie's like... Hmm. That's what's going on name. there? That's Summer Spellman, which is a perfectly normal name. See, if it, it, <laughs> Summer Spellman is like the most fictitious name yeah. ever in Coronation it's a Harry Street. Potter name, it's it? a proper Harry Potter name. It's like, I love it. I love the name Spellman. But yeah. it, and I'm sure there are people out there actually called it, but Summer Spellman is just like Doesn't screams fictitious to yeah. me. Um, anyway, so um, what was it? They, they, they say, oh yeah... Um, she's an orphan, so don't try contacting her parents because they're dead, and that's like and, really and insensitive. Aggie's like, now I'm sure that's not right, but then actually she is. She an is orphan. an orphan, technically. So mind your own business, Aggie. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, she says, "Oh, we just met her through church and everything." So, the the gay dads, um, except Todd, also Aaron, arrive at the hospital later, 
And because uh, and, Aggie's kind of said, better come, come here. So Summer's just come in. I know patient confidentiality and everything, but your daughter's just come in. Yeah, um, Esther and Mike then come in through some doors, so they all have a bit of a, a, a standoff in the hospital waiting room, and the Billy's like, what's going on here? And they're like, don't worry about that. What matters is that Summer's okay. We but just, we don't know. No, she said, oh, we just found a collapse. We'd come back from shopping. She was so she was so shagged out after a hard morning's shop that she must have just collapsed on the nursery floor. And this nurse is stupid. She didn't understand properly what we were saying. Oh, yeah. They said, well, yeah, well, what, you, what did you call her Davina Latte? And he's like, no, I said... <laughs> no, I just want to find... I dropped her off and I said, oh gosh, could you be in the latte right now? I could, couldn't you? <laughs> they said, no, the nurse must have misheard. And Aggie comes over and is like, uh, no, I know what I heard. You're you're well sus- suspicious, you And also guys. the doctor wrote down to be latte to explain that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so um, she, she, she says, yeah, it's all written down. Um, I don't think you're getting away with this one. So Billy and that like, continue to harangue. Esther and Mike about what's going on and then Todd shows up and tells them about Ava, Mike's mistress um, who also phoned him by the way to ask if Summer was okay very handily and she told Todd that she and Summer met up yesterday in the precinct. We didn't see the precinct at all this week did we? I just realised and not only did Summer meet Ava but she also met, met her little lad Callum and that's when the penny drops for Esther. She's what? like, oh, hang on. Because she knew about the affair, affair. didn't she? But she was um, completely in the dark about the existence of this child of Mike's. So Esther's understandably not. heartbroken about this. Storms out of the hospital, though not before revealing that to everyone, by the way, he's just trapped Summer in a nursery overnight. <laughs> and, and, and then like, Mike kind of Thanks, like... Esther. Mike did, does this like yikes and kind of like runs he goes off. chasing off after her rather than trying to defend himself. So uh, that was quite exciting. And uh, but by the end of the episode, Summer's uh, with a police officer in the hospital saying, "Oh yeah, Mike locked me in. Told I told him the surrogacy was off." Um, and then the police officer's like, "Yeah, fine, believe that." And then off, off, off she goes. And then at the end of the episode. All the gay dads and Aaron are having a lovely time around the bed together to, to offer her a bit of sucker. Um, and that leads us to Wednesday's episode. And Summer wakes up. Everyone's there. She's fine. But then the police turn up. They want to talk to this. her because an allegation has been made that she lied about being pregnant and diddled Mike and Esther out of £10,000. So, and someone's like, oh, what? I, de- I definitely didn't I thought no, that was no. more of like a soap crime than a real crime. What's worse, stealing £10,000 or trapping a, an annoying character in a nursery for a couple of hours? Do you think if they if this all went to court, do you think the judge would be like, oh, tit for tat though, isn't it? I think it should, I'm just going to say, even Stevens. Well, that's what they kind of everybody. ended up doing in the end, isn't it? But I think that's how crime should go. I know that's not how they go. An eye for the, an eye. The, the judge is like, look, we've all just had enough of this, haven't we? You've been silly. You've been silly. Someone's we dead. We all want to go home. I, I don't think we should waste any more time on this. We should all just go and have a nice Davina latte and forget <laughs> about it. Um, so, Paul... Um, over at Victoria Gardens, he's, he's Todd there and he tells him all about the police coming over earlier and uh, the, the accusation that had been made by Esther and Mike and, and Todd says, oh, it's all my fault because if I hadn't told Summer about Ava... Blah, 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 yeah, probably. Blah. It'd be quite possibly. And, uh, and, and <laughs> Paul's like, well, we're not going to let Summer down over this one. Oh, just so, leave her. So let her die. B- 
Billy, meanwhile, <laughs> is still at the hospital with Summer. She's perked right up now. She's fine. She's she's in a classic Corrie bounce back from the brink of death. And um, and she's like, oh, Billy, you don't even need to stay. I'm going to be fine here on my own. And he's like, oh, thank goodness for that. He's like, are you sure you're not going to squirt insulin down the sink again or eat a <laughs> Mars bar or drink an energy drink or chew on your exams? Because every single time I've looked away for more than five minutes, one of these things has happened. What else could you get up to in here? Well, as soon as he leaves, and literally we're talking about Half a second after he steps through the curtains, Mike then sidles into the bay looking pretty sinister. Yeah, Um, he's pretty good at looking scary. Billy not so observant. Billy's like, I'm assuming that's the nurse just doing her rounds. I won't look (laughs) back because... Nurses can be men. Yeah. Um, Who are also kidnappers. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, Mike's like, look, I just, just want to talk. Uh, I was desperate. I locked you in the house. Look, can we can we both just retract our statements to the police and and, and I'll say you didn't steal the money and, and and you say that I didn't track you in the nursery. That's fine, and it'll all be over. And, and and even Esther, she she may forgive me, and she's like, go to hell. And then he draws the curtains around the bed even more, and things start to get like proper heated. But sadly, before Mike can um, exact his revenge on Summer, Todd shows up. Um, and uh, with Paul, and they both um, manhandle Mike out of the, uh, the the bay, and then Summer says, "Oh, Mike really scares me." So Paul's like, "Who? I go, big man. I punch. I, I don't punch like scary things man. that happen that bad to Summer." Chases off after. To they, be fair, gone. I just I just thought it was a bit like a bit ridiculous that, that both of these guys gave chase after Mike oh, okay. when they, they knew where he lived oh, no, and Summer was probably feeling a little bit distraught and maybe it's needed a bit comforting. of reassuring and comfort yeah one thing I would I was just about to say is that this is probably the first time that Paul's been able to actually punch something to help Summer out why what do you mean well he can't punch he can't punch surrogacy he can't punch diabetes uh, he can't punch exams yeah oh yeah finally this finally, is in my skill like set hit. That, that will do something. It's no good at anything else, bless him. I don't so think that finally... dancing around in a unicorn onesie no. is going to The pair of them were like, the yes, we can do something for once. Let's go, let's punch him in the face. <laughs> well, they go down to the car park. And uh, this was interesting at the time, wasn't it? Because they had a different hospital opening. Uh, entrance, They've sorry. They, they, the... the Victoria Lodge, which they also used for the schools School. a few months back. Um, yes. They dressed up to be the hospital opening. So this it's is all quite, the same car park. This is quite near the entrance. But it is very... I mean, when I went for my MRI earlier in the week, um, this is where I, I went to a, a bit in the hospital that was basically in a little did hut. You go, did you get your MRI at Weatherfield General? Did you yeah. see Aggie? Did she yeah. give you your MRI? Aggie came in and she said, oh, I'm the only one working here today, so I'm afraid I'm going to have to do everything for you. So you to, you, lie back, enjoy. Do you want to tell your MRI story? No, I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do, everybody. If you're interested, I'm absolutely fine. I will t- tell you at the end of the podcast what it's like some, to have not an MRI. Wants to hear it, okay. but it is quite, um, I think it was interesting. Yeah, so I, I'm wondering whether they're doing that. Um, cause we, we talked on the on the cabin a couple of months ago that they were going to be doing some building work outside the front entrance to um, the Coronation Street main offices. So, which and which is what they usually use oh, for the that's hospital. That's right. They're extending the. So I wonder whether they're doing it now. I don't know. I, I didn't think it was happening yet. Called? Yeah, the entrance lobby. No, yeah, the yeah the, the entrance, waiting room and yeah. everything. Which You're is, right, yeah. yeah. I thought you were talking about 
visitor centre, which oh, is no, no, sort no. of in a similar area to that. They're yeah. doing lots of building stuff, aren't yeah. they? But I'm, so I'm that makes sense why they've they've moved it over to. But that. no, I, I don't think they actually are doing that. Then, but I just wondered. Well, anyway, that doesn't matter. Well, maybe so, they do. Maybe they're just easing us into this is what it looks like maybe. in a different bit of the hospital. Maybe. Anyway, so um, Mike gets into his van. Uh, Paul gives chase. No, Mike's in his car, isn't he? Paul gives chase. Todd's in tow, saying, "No, don't do it. He's not worth it. He's not worth." Literally, <laughs> he's not. He's just going to his house. And you also, can see what, him later. What is he going to punch him for? What upset in summer? Yeah, you can punch him whenever you want. Paul. Really, out of everybody in this whole storyline, Mike's the most sensible person. Yes, he locked her up. That was stupid. But now he's like, "Look, let's think about this logically here." You you tried to defraud me. You lied about being pregnant. I locked you in a thing, kidnapped you, blah, blah, blah. Call the whole thing off. Let's not even talk about it anymore. And then she's like, no, I, I love justice. What, where, what, where did that come from? <laughs> and then they chase after him to punch him in the face for telling him off, for coming up with an actually really good idea for getting them both out of trouble. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, um, they end up having a bit of an action cam confrontation, don't they, they outside go, the house? I know what we can do. Let's make it worse. Mm. Um, it, it, Mike and kind of implies that um, Paul's interest in Summer was slightly sinister, doesn't he? He's like, what are you doing hanging around a young girl? And then and, 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 and Paul's Paul like, sees red. how dare you? I'm one of the three gay dads. How, how, how very dare you? So, um, and then when Mike's back is turned, um, Paul whacks Push. him, pushes him over, doesn't he? <laughs> he There's a lot of... We, I want to make a little compilation yeah. of people yeah, planking on Coronation Street this week. We had some of fell down the fell on the floor. We had, yeah, Teddy, we got Mike. Um, and it was so cold when they filmed all this as well. He's having a nice lie down. Um, yeah, so, so Mike is now face-palmed onto the wooden... That's not the wooden, the stone steps outside his house. They're wondering... Paul's like, oh, I hope I haven't killed him. That would be a bit embarrassing. But, but he's all right. Um, he he's not quite dead. Todd says when he goes to check. So um, tell you what, if there's any room on that paramedic course that Asher's going to be put on, then um, sign Todd up because he knows his stuff. Um, he well, called... Todd knows the difference between a dead body and a live one. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Do you think In my when professional they... opinion, he is he's quite not... he is quite dead. This yeah. one, yeah, we, we'll bury this one, but um, <laughs> bring, bring that one back in a week, I reckon. This one, I think we should put him in a. Um... A, a car box <laughs> just it's, to see it reminds me of that scene from Monty Python and the Holy Grail where they bring out your dead scene and the old man's there going I'm not dead <laughs> and the guy goes yeah you're nearly dead <laughs> classic um, anyway so uh, I've lost where we are Mike Mike's, Whoa, Mike's, Mike gets up as they oh yeah yeah yeah. Put, they, they call Todd. the ambulance don't they Todd rings the ambulance I Mike, think Todd yeah, Todd rings the ambulance. Yeah, as they leave, Mike gets up because they want to show the audience, don't worry, if you're worried about Mike and you don't want to wait till the next scene, he's kind of fine. They haven't killed him. They're good guys. Um, so they drive off. Meanwhile, Billy's finally returned to Summer, who said, you'll never guess what's happened, Dad, while you were getting your Davina Latte. There's an old drama going on I'm here. I'm worried. I'm worried about A little bit worried my about, about my other two gay dads because they've gone chasing after Mike and Billy's like, oh, don't worry, it'll be fine. They're both very sensible. <laughs> I wouldn't do anything but, silly. No. Then a nurse comes in and says, Summer, you've had a miraculous Weatherfield general recovery. You can no. go home soon. They, they come in and say, you've been causing an incredible amount of drama. I'm afraid we're going to have to ask you to leave. Summer... Anyway, no, it was a doctor. Summer, you, you, nobody wants to be in a ward with you. You're too boring. So we said to them, look, if we get rid of her and say that she can come home, will you come in in their ward? 
And they said, yes, so um, Sling so Europe misses. Yeah, you go home. Um, Paul and Todd go to uh, debrief at the Rovers. And Paul says, oh, oh yeah, I just can't, I couldn't help it when I pushed him. Um, just the red mist came down and I got really angry. And uh, I, don't, I don't have any regrets about doing it, though. Yeah, I'd, I'd punch oh, him again lad. if I had the chance. Yeah. And Todd... Todd realizes that the reason that Todd uh, that Paul was getting so angry at um, his uh, Mike's accusation was because it reminded him of Kel. This was hastily infamous kitty fiddler Kel. What's his name from a couple this was, of years ago? This felt fake. This felt like retconning. Like what? You don't need to explain why Paul didn't doesn't think and and just punches. No, he you know he's. He is a kind of violent he's the laddish, caveman. He's isn't the laddish he? gay dad. Yeah, yeah, he's the most butch one of them all. And then you've got Billy, who's the sensitive one, and and Todd, who's the cerebral one. Yeah, yeah. So that him... was his job to punch people. Yeah. And really, it was Todd's job to Sometimes... stop him from doing it, but he did a different yeah. good job. Sometimes I like the callbacks to the old stories. It was tenuous. But this one was just like, oh, okay, yeah, he didn't really need and to And then he says something about, oh, I remember when me and Billy. Paul says, well, me and Billy used to be together. I didn't have a care in the world. And then and then Todd goes, ooh. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of looking like Todd is having designs on Billy now, Are maybe. they all going to have a big love triangle Polyamorous. Again? They're going to have a Corrie's first, um, yeah. Polyamorous. Polyamorous wedding. Well, they can, have, um, they can have a gay dad commune and all raise summer together. Yeah, yeah. God would definitely be fine with that, Billy. Don't worry. That's all right. So later on, Aaron and Summer are holding each other on the sofa. They've got back home. She's fine. And he's like, oh, I wish I could have rescued you, but I'm just too useless. And Summer says, oh, Mike, she showed up at the hospital. I was so scared. Oh, hold he's, me, Aaron. She's hold really me. lathering this on, isn't she? I was yeah. so scared Milking it, Summer. Um, Todd, te- it was probably a very scary situation, but you know, you're out, you're fine now. Um, and this is when Todd texts Billy to tell him that they're fine. And unless I understood this right, this was the first contact that, that Todd and, um, Paul had had with Billy since dashing off from the hospital, but they've had plenty of time to go, you know, go and have a drink at their overs and everything. Well, they were just chatting and having a beer. Yeah. Um, end of the episode, um, Billy is... Um, is oh no sorry I missed a bit I missed a very key important information here because the police turn up and um, and they they tell they say oh I want to arrest you um, no there was a violent assault that didn't they and uh, the outside van was Mike seen. and Esther's house we saw your is van. That your van and and Paul says oh it wasn't a violent assault it was just a shove <laughs> and, and Todd <laughs> like, says idiot oh both of it, was, it me. was me it was me Everybody loved it when Paul, uh, when um, Laura Nealon said that she killed uh, Rick last year. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can I get my own moment in the spotlight. What the audacity of Mike here to like grass him up? Yeah, I know the audacity. <laughs> he's maybe he's only done it because then he can have more leverage over them to try to stop mm, Summer. Possibly. If I was Mike, I would have just gone round there and gone, "You put, you push me over. It's all on my ring doorbell, idiot." Um. If you don't drop the charges against me for kidnapping you, I'm going to get you... That's a really good point. I mean, the, the charges were dropped at the end of the week, weren't they? It all that, ended up fine in the end. That could have been a good little twist. The, the fact that it I was think. actually recorded on his ring doorbell, which they made a big thing of existing on um, at the early episode in the week, on Monday's episode. But oh well. If I was... If I was... 
If I was Mike, I would have gone immediately inside the house and gone, delete that, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> Can't believe you got me from <laughs> behind. Me over. Um, so, end of the episode, um, Billy finds out about um, Todd's confession to pushing Mike and bashing his head on the stone step, and he's really, really mad, and then Todd gets arrested. Oh, Friday no. is kind of... There quite a fair bit happened on it, but I... It, it it feels like it's de-escalating fast now. Esther is I feel just. Like it's over now. Yeah, it does. Don't don't say it too soon, Gemma. <laughs> don't get people's hopes. I really out. hope Come it on. is because this was fine. This if this is the end. This Esther is fine. seems to have been um, just made the good guy now. I don't think she? she wasn't evil. I was convinced that Esther was the most evil one out of them all. And I think some no. of the theories that we'd seen and come up with was that he, Esther was the main evil well, ringleader here. I would have liked her more if she had been, but. I'm glad that Coronation Street has, has decided not to demonise another woman for wanting a baby. Well, she she um, was always the one giving the, the evil, seemingly controlling-looking stares at Mike when we saw some... Uh, Mike or Summer? At, at Mike. And, but really? But we... Ne- well, I thought so, but now yeah, but I guess I the people... reason we know that is because she's still a little um, little tetchy about the whole affair I think thing. people say that about me and you. What? Like, I give you evil controlling stairs. You do. And I, yeah. <laughs> but nobody knows the real reason. Um, so, anyway, Esther says, yeah, I've split up with Mike. That's all over. Um, he's been charged with kidnapped. And very handily, as always seems to happen in these circumstances, he's dropped the case against Summer. But Todd's still... People been... are always dropping, dropping charges against people, This is why they? the Weatherfield Police don't bother investigating and get... any crimes. And, and, and I think I'm right in saying, correct me if I'm wrong, um, legal-minded listeners, you can't just drop charges against people. Isn't it, it a case that you're a witness CPS. to the crime? Well, it's it's the king versus whoever, isn't it? Yeah. It's oh, not it's you king, versus man, Yeah. So I, I don't think you can just drop charges... Yeah, but you can be a hostile witness. Yeah, oh, I don't know, anyway. But for, for, for soap convenience's sake, that's all over. Um, but Todd's still not been released by this point, although he is the next scene, when George drives him back to the police station. Very, very mad, because... Um, what was it he said? He, he made a funeral. Ma- yeah, George was supposed to be uh, officiating at a funeral, and he made him say the wrong thing to the grieving widow or something like that. It wasn't like a that, widow, George. it was his sister. Oh, was it? Okay, I don't know. And but he's anyway, like, George is... the Dropbox information, I guess. George you. is so mad at Todd uh, um, that, he, that he's going to sack him from the, from the Undertakers, because he's a massive liability. Obviously, Todd didn't do anything wrong, and he'd just been a good old friend to Paul, and he well, stood I up think... for him because Paul's worried about being sent down again because he's already been in prison. I would sack him for that. What, dishonesty? I'd sack him for um, bringing me into disrepute by lying about the fact that I pushed over a guy because he accused my friend of being a paedophile. <laughs> well, whatever the reason, Todd's out of a it job by the end of that It doesn't show very good... What's the word? A very good judgment, does it? I'd be sacking for that. <laughs> um, Paul finds George in the cafe later and and trying to get Todd his job back. And George is like, "Nope, sticking for guns." Eileen's always telling him. me not yeah. to be too soft on Todd, so it it be felt like when I, she finds out I've sacked her son. This whole thing with Todd losing his job today was a bit. Silly. Like drama for the sake of drama, and oh, he gets his job back at the end of the episode. So brilliant! We had a couple of end of scene cliffhangers about Todd. Is he going to be a? Is he going to be able to work with the Undertakers again? It's like yes, he's fine. It's this completely status quo at the end of the episode. Another example of Coronation Street doing something drastic with with no consequences, just for a throwaway bit of drama. We didn't need George to fire 
Todd for the afternoon. No, and it to was make this more it was very exciting. nice of Todd that he gave him his job back and forgave him at the end. But we already know that George is nice. George, yeah. I, I'd have rather they'd have dedicated more time to the Stephen story in tonight's episode, well, considering rather... there was a murder that they went on. It felt like the Stephen story had a fairly even share of some of the main stories. It would have just been sufficient for George to have said, I'm so disappointed and shocked and I can't believe you do this. You've let me and your mum down. I, I'm 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 just baffled as to why you would do such a thing. Mm. And, then, and then to say, oh yeah, I, I get it now. I suppose what it did was um, make Paul want to confess, wasn't it? Because he... Yeah. He eventually... But then at the end, he was on his way to confess, and they were like, "Don't worry about it; it's all been sorted." It all gets sorted, basically. This is the... So this is what I mean about consequences. Paul, Paul goes into the cafe and tells tells George, "Oh no, it was actually me, and Todd was just being nice." So George goes and finds um, Todd at the end of the episode somewhere, and, and says he can have his job back. Summer's back. Mike's dropped the complaint against. Um, the person that pushed him on the step because why not um, and, and the only other thing that happened here is that Summer says right gay dads come round to the flat later I've got some exciting news that I can't possibly tell you here on the street because I don't have any sea salt and balsamic vinegar crisps or whatever it was in a bowl they meet up later and she's decided to go to university she's going to okay. reapply no one's going to have you not if they've been watching Coronation Street in the past year. Certainly not Oxford. She's not going to Oxford now. She's she's cheated on she cheat. It doesn't matter whether she, um, what what she like unless you can hide that on your record that you cheated on an exam. I'm sorry, but you I, I don't see that you are ever gonna get rid of that stain on your record. Well, she went through a period for the first half of last year worrying that every single bad thing that she did, Oxford would somehow find out about. Yeah. So um, if they haven't found out about her now. No, I, I think, yeah. It make, it absolutely makes sense for this character to go to university. Clearly, she's... Well, she's supposed she, to be... I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say clearly she's she bright, not. but clearly everybody thinks she's bright. Therefore, we're, she's she, she seems like university material, but I guess she's just going to end up going to, you know, the same one as Amy. She's going to end up going to Manchester or Salford or, or something around there, and she'll still be able to stay in the show. But I don't know. I don't know. Um, how, how did you find this storyline this week? <laughs> well, is it a conclusion? You said it's feeling like it's nearly if over. this isn't the end, I don't know what they can drag out from it anymore. I'm quite surprised, to be honest, because, you know, when Summer got pregnant earlier this year and we thought that, well, this story's going to drag on till May and, and Esther and Mike are going to be really sinister and they're going to they're gonna rape Summer and she's going to be pregnant with Mike's baby and all that. And, and now it feels like that can't... That can't happen, can it? It could have got really, really dark, couldn't it? You know, it could. It, I just feel like it's a bit of a wasted opportunity. But hey, I, I, I uh, I'm not complaining if it's I been brought think, to a conclusion months before we thought it was going. Yeah, to. I know, but I didn't think we. I don't think we needed a surrogate storyline and these characters who may or may not have been in a weird cult. I think. Um, I think to, that's to make, going to be our head cannon for now. To make uh, summer collapse from diabetic coma again, because she could do. She does that on a set, on, <laughs> on the regular by I, herself. I thought the other thing, if this is towards the end, climax-wise, it was quite good because I honestly really did enjoy the stuff with her being trapped in a nursery, and I thought that some of the tension that was being built on Monday's episode 
was leaps and bounds better than some of the tension they had in tonight's episode when there was actually really? a murder. Absolutely. Like, when Mike goes up to Summer's room to give her a cup of tea or anything, I was like, oh, is Summer going to be on the other side of the door? Is she going to pounce him or something? Like, I was really thinking how... That had me properly gripped. And um, I don't know whether it was the, the you know, the, the, the lighting or the... The fact that it was filmed inside a real house, or was it the direction, or what? But there was there was just something about those scenes on Monday's episode that I was, yeah, I was on the edge of my seat at about honestly. So if this is the end, I'm gonna say great climax, possibly extended a little more than it needed to with the the whole oh is Paul gonna get in trouble? Oh no, Todd's gonna get take the blame, but then it's all all right. I don't think it needed that, but. The other thing that this could possibly be is just, you know, a little break for a few weeks while the whole block storyline thing uh, telling does its thing and then it will pick up again in February. I don't know. I was frustrated with this if this is the end because this was the perfect opportunity to give someone a bit of agency in their own storyline and stand up for herself for once. Mm. There was no reason at all why she couldn't have been a bit more instrumental in rescuing herself. Yeah, she really didn't do she anything, clapped, did she? And then they had to phone the ambulance. It was it was just her modus operandi. Mm. And I so I went on uh, Twitter and I asked everybody yesterday if if Summer redeems herself, would that be a good? Would you would you um redeemed herself in what way? Were you? Kind well, I just of... said would would a Summer Redemption arc make your Corrie twenty twenty three? And fifty three percent said yes, and forty seven percent said no. But on the whole, most of the comments were like, nah, I'm not really feeling it. Yeah, well, people always com- like to comment in the negative on Twitter, won't they? Well, the funniest one was the person who said, what Summer has gone through in the show is something many young women go through these days. Oh, these things should never be cheapened because an audience want a happy ever after you girl, you go girl moment. So um, here's my question. Many young girls go my... through everything that Listen, Summer's been through. This is my question to the young women listening to us at the moment. Um, I'm really sorry about your surrogacy and diabetes and <laughs> cheating and gay dad issues. But, and an um, alcoholic father-in-laws. And... Yeah, and I'm sorry if anything we've said um, belittles your experience. Mm. And um, I do agree that you shouldn't redeem yourself because that would just be sim- too simplistic an end <laughs> to the story. So I think that was totally right. Yeah, Bang on that tweet. Yeah. Anyway, I, I... <laughs> sorry, but do am I like it's very very mixed here about whether or not they want Summer. I think a lot of people think that they're just so over her they don't want her to to, to come back from this. But I really really they just don't want her to be in it. I I wouldn't mind. I'd, I'd love to it. I used to love herself. I used to love Summer. I don't at the moment. A redemption story for her where she became badass summer well, would be quite fun, but let, let's not have it yet. This would have been the perfect opportunity to have just tied a little bow on this where where she could have... Um, I mean, it's not her fault that she went into, obviously, it's beyond her control that she had the diabetic issue and it was his fault for locking her in there. It wasn't her mismanagement this time. But I just really felt like this was the perfect opportunity for her to to have a bit of agency for herself. And Mm. they didn't let her do it. Mm. And I don't really know why. Because having a weak female character with a diabetic, you know, with with a medical issue that she can't overcome doesn't feel very... It doesn't feel Corrie at all because it's it's like from the very first episode, all of the women in it were hard as nails. Mm. 
Mm. And obviously they hadn't invented diabetes back then, so none of them had that. <laughs> but do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they just, yeah, they totally. just wasn't. A, we could have ended this story triumphantly with her rescuing herself and saying, "I'm not going to be a victim anymore, and I'm going to go to university." And then I would have actually been really happy for her. Instead, I'm just thinking, "Okay, go to go to university then. Maybe you should leave for a few years and mm. go to university and not, maybe not come back. How about that?" Yeah. And I don't want to feel that about any characters. Mm. Um, what what did you any thoughts? I'm I'm kind of guessing the answer is no about this for on the um, the potential of Paul because he's going back with Billy because he was kind of saying oh everything was so great when I was with Billy I was, I never got angry when I was with Billy is he gonna no, try and put that. get yeah is, what did you talk about it earlier no is no he, I don't remember that being true oh no no I definitely don't remember that um yeah is he gonna try and get back with billy is todd are we gonna have another love triangle again because you know what i can't be doing with that with i think that was was it two years ago 2021 where it felt like the first half of the year was just a love triangle between the gay dads i do not need a repeat of that thank you very much and todd just being machiavellian in a really kind of low stakes sort of way that never really worked out he played the video at the launch of the what whatever it was (sighs) Don't don't, well, I, don't, I really like them as a as a trio, um, not as much as I think Corey wants me to like them, but I, I do appreciate them as a as a sort of a, pa- a parenting um, coalition. It's all right, but and she it, just needs to grow up. But she doesn't need them anymore. I think if she does go away to to university, it'll do the world a good. Okay. Um, last very important thing. I've written a note here, so it must be important. Summer's robot did make an appearance in this week's Coronation it Street. It's moved. It used to be on the that back wall, didn't they, which we used to see all the time, but now it's kind of up on a side wall, high up somewhere, surveying the uh, the lounge area. But thank you very much, Coronation Street, for throwing that in there for us. Gemma, I'm going to pass over to you for the Daisy storyline and what has been going on there. So on Monday, she gets more flowers from Justin, more daisies. It says, to Daisy, I can't stop thinking about you, Justin. Um... I wonder if he's not called Justin at all and the person and the florist just doesn't understand what he's saying. <laughs> uh, Daniel's like, oh, what's this? And and Daisy says, oh no, Justin's a florist and he's just, I'm just trying to get some ideas. And he's also married, so um, nothing to worry about. It's just still part of the wedding planning. And he believes her. And Daisy's with Jenny and Glenda. And this was a really great week for Je- for Jenny, Daisy and Glenda scenes. They, mm-hmm. And they still work really well together. They, they, they're a great really little trio it. together, yeah. Um, she admits that she worry- she feels bad about lying to Daniel about it. And Glenda says, we should tell him the truth. And Daisy says, no, I, I, I'm going to text this DJ to get him to leave me alone. Because she thinks this is Justin. Mm. So what's the DJ called? He's, he's- Keith. No, he's called DJ something. I don't know. He must have a cool name. So she doesn't know what his name is. She just knows him as G- mm. DJ Nice Teeth or whatever. <laughs> so on Wednesday, I'm going to call him that. On Wednesday, they're trying to make up the guest list. and For the wedding, Daisy and Daniel. Yes. And Daniel's looking at it and going, who are all these people? They don't even have real names. And she says, no, these are my friends. These are my influencer friends. They're my contacts. And Daniel and Jenny are not really impressed about the fact that she just seems to have all these internet friends that she wants to invite to her wedding. And Daisy says, no, they're my friends now. I'm like, how many real friends do you have, Daniel? Because I can't think of any. His, <laughs> so... He's got like, on his side, it's got dad, mum, question mark. <laughs> he, want, he probably thinks that all 30. his poets are his friends. He wants to bring Keats and 
Heaney and Shelley and all you, that. Oh my god! I bet you he's going to have themed tables after his favourite, <laughs> his favourite romantic poet. <laughs> Daisy's going to have to go along with it because he won't let him do anything else. Literally, Daniel hasn't got any friends at all. I thought this was really interesting. I, I'm loving that they're look, delving a little bit more into Daisy and her social media, and they're they're really sticking with the fact that social media and and her, her Instagram and everything are important to her character, and it feels very very genuine to me. And like when she was doing the picture of her wedding ring with a brown nail varnish today and everything. And the fact that she wanted to have her internet friends to her wedding is probably a thing that's, you know, more and more common in weddings these days. Oh, I, yeah. People yeah. that maybe you've never even met before. I'm not I'm I'm not quite sure what the deal is, whether she's met them or not. I can't really remember. But you know, we all know you can make friends on the internet that you don't not necessarily have met. Well yeah, I mean like... I've got an awful lot more friends that I communicate with online than in real life. Um Yeah. I'm wondering like, you know, if we if me and you were to get married now, who would we invite that <laughs> Would we go right every, right, we're having a special Patreon guest list. <laughs> Rover's tears only. So if you wanna to come to our wedding, make sure that you sign on for the ten dollar a month. And you need to have been our patron for at least six months by the time of our wedding. That, that would be an interesting one to explain <laughs> to our families and friends, <laughs> wouldn't all these it? People. Well <laughs> secret. It is really time. interesting to uh, I wonder how Coronation Street is gonna tackle this because mm. Um, it is still a bit is a bit strange to invite people that you've not met, and the first time they meet you is at your wedding. But it's it's a lot less strange than yeah, it was years true. ago. I I wonder. Do you think that um, Daisy will want to live stream her wedding? Oh, it's too much effort. <laughs> she wants to live stream her wedding night. Oh no, that's Michael. that's for Daisy's OnlyFans account. No, oh no, Michael. <laughs> we all know she's got Just one. Shut up, horrible boy. <laughs> I'm so glad that we got married before Pinterest was a thing. Because I would have just been obsessed with Pinteresting my... We actually had a proper physical board, didn't we? We did, yeah. yeah. I think we did. We did, we did. We, we had a load of bits of paper stuck all over it. Pastel <laughs> colours. It wasn't that long ago, everybody. Honestly, I promise <laughs> you. Uh, okay, so um, later on, Daisy, Daisy Daniel's not going to let this lie. He wants her to have her school friends there because just like he does... His school friends are going to be there, obviously. Oh, yeah, clearly. clearly. He didn't even go to school, did he? He was locked in a house. Yeah, he was like, yeah. Anyway, he asks Jenny about, who do you remember Daisy's friends being? And she just reels off a bunch of names, and he's like, I'm going to secretly ask them to come. What a meddler. I know, what you a stupid ass. Why, why would you do this? Seriously. So they can have this scene. Having a nice surprise. You don't invite people to a wedding. That you, As you, a surprise, no, no it's odd. Well, I, listen, we've said I, this before about people's wedding, weddings on Coronation Street and said, that's silly. And then people have written in and gone, actually, that's what we did for my wedding, so... Just imagine, like, if you'd have done that to me <laughs> for our wedding and you'd ask mum and dad, who, who are Michael's friends when he was little? And then, you know... The I, dentist's son. Yeah. A dentist? No, that, that was, you're thinking of Martin Tooth, the milkman's son. Oh, yeah, of course I, I can. I can understand your, yeah, I'm so you're Martin Tooth and Stephen Emmons, the boy from Two Doors Away. We've if they turn up, at, turn up at my wedding and be like, hi, Why what are you, are you doing here? I know, yeah. if you had invited some of my friends from middle school, it would have been really embarrassing because I haven't spoken to them and I probably should have caught up with them a bit <laughs> more than I have done. It, I think his heart was in the right place, but... Nah. Anyway, da- Daisy sees him looking up his friends and she l- loses her mind and tells him what you just said. you got no right. She freaks out. Then she comes back later and she says, listen, I'm sorry, um, we can't invite these people. When 
when Tom died, my brother, everybody remember that, I was really upset. And all these, my friends were really nice to me at first, but after a while they got fed up with me being sad. And um, they they were like, uh, my friend Samantha was accusing me of milking it and they called me Daisy Downer. <laughs> and I used to cry all the time. They're not my people. I don't, I want my followers. I want my, my influencer friends. I don't want these people, they're fake. And I'm just like, wow, internet people are real and f- um, personal friends are fake. I'm learning something. <laughs> he says, okay, I'll tell them that they're on the B list, if any of the A listers pull out. And Daisy's like, yeah, that's right. Put those cows in their place. <laughs> I'm fri- I feel a bit sad for Samantha and the gang. I-, I wonder if they've been maligned here and Daisy's remembering things wrong. As far as, I mean, as far as Daisy knows, maybe some of her friends are Samantha and the gang and they're just using their internet handles. And maybe Justin is Samantha. Thought of that, Daisy? I think, I think we know who Justin is. On Friday, Daniel comes to the pub to give Daisy a kiss and invite her to dinner later. Then more flowers arrive and she gets annoyed. She says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give a, post a takedown message on social media to warn people away from this DJ guy. He is a freak and he won't leave me alone. So she puts this post up accusing this guy of of harassing her and it works. Everybody's, she gets 2,000 likes. Everyone's replying saying, yeah, he's a dog. I hate him. I hate him. And then the DJ comes in. He's like, what are you doing? Can you please take this post down? I've lost a gig. I didn't do anything to you. What are you saying I did to you? And she says, nice try, Justin. And he says, I'm not Justin, my name's Keith Ramsbottom. <laughs> no, was it Ram? It was something like that, wasn't it? And she says, no way, I don't believe you. And he says, look, here's my driving licence. Why would I sign it Justin? And they're all standing around bamboozled. Todd, by the way, had had helped write this snarky post. And oh, he yeah, was replying yeah. to everybody. Well, he was a bit, he was he was a bit tiddly, drunk. wasn't he? But after the whole... Um incident with summer and so, so this poor guy has to has to prove that he has not been sending her flowers and she realizes she may have made a mistake at this point daniel comes in and keith starts saying look you were flirting with me all night but you but i'm sure you were flirting with other people these flowers must be from somebody else that you were flirting with and daisy's like i wasn't flirting with you shut up shut up <laughs> i'm engaged actually and daniel's saying what uh, what's happening Daisy has said she has to take the, the post down. So she and Daniel go to the back room and he's a bit miffed that she hadn't told him about the flowers and she's racking her brain trying to work out who this Justin is, but she can't think of who of who it could be. It's clearly the guy at the hospital, isn't it? Well, it's either the guy at the hospital or just somebody who's stalking her randomly because that nice guy bloke could be the hospital man or it could just be... What, the, the, the one that's sending her messages and liking her yeah. posts on Send PX? Because yeah. she probably doesn't realise how much information that she's given out about herself. She, mm. she if they, they know that she works at the pub because she keeps taking photos of herself in the pub. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's very easily trackable. So if you wanted to send her flowers, you could just send them there. They don't necessarily know that she lives there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I did. I wasn't mega interested in the whole DJ being bombarded with daisies and all that sort of stuff. But Wednesday's episode for in this storyline was by far the peak for me because we got some Daisy backstory, and I love a bit of backstory on a character. Daisy is one of my favourites at the moment, and I thought yet again. Charlie Jordan played a blinder of being, of kind of opening up and showing her... um, Vulnerable side. Yeah, vulnerable side, exactly. Um, When she was talking about all these bullies at school and everything. And it it does go some way into explaining why she is the way she is now. Um, I I just thought that she played it fantastically. 
Yeah, she's really blossomed, Daisy, as a mm. character. All this, this stuff about Tom as well. Um, love a call back to that. I'm... Being upset, everybody kind of milking it. Girls can be right bit... Well, any, so can boys. I mean, children can be really cruel to each other, can't they? And, and hearing that poor old Daisy went through this was certainly heartbreaking. I'm a bit surprised, though, that she seems to have just, like slandered this man and ruined his reputation and lost him work on the internet with seemingly no real repercussions or I know to. no but I think it's really irresponsible of Coronation Street to not even address the fact that she's she's used this power that she's got for, for a really bad purpose and she's accused somebody without really having any proof and nobody seems to really have dwelt, dwelt on that or like thought to themselves well, that's pretty bad probably shouldn't do that again mm. She's just gone, sorry, I'll just take it down. And ha- is that not going to hurt her reputation? Oh. This would be a massive scandal. And if this is real life, this would be a massive scandal. If a social media influencer attacked a, a public figure and called him a creep and said that he was kind of oh. sexually harassing her, then it turned out she, it was a case of mistaken identity and she, she just took the post down. <laughs> Nobody would forget this. They'd be, they'd be harassing her for weeks. Whatever she was, whatever harassment she got off of this Justin would be nothing compared to the misogyny that would come her way based on, you know, how dare you, all the women all the same, think you're so hot, nobody cares about you, who would send you flowers anyway, you're not that pretty. That's what she'd get. Mm. Well, she'd get that for weeks. Maybe that's what's to come. And, and Justin as well, he's a victim of sexism here because they just assumed that because he was a... Hang on, do you mean Justin or do you mean Keith? Sorry, Keith, yeah. He's he's a victim too, because they just assume because he's a good-looking guy, he's mm. obviously on the hunt for harassing yeah. women. She didn't even ask him. Hmm. Anyway. Just, just, that, I thought, was a bit of a misstep in a story that's really leaning into trying to explore the world of social media influencers they're doing an all right job. Yeah, I think it's really interesting to me. It was, that was a glaring misstep to me because I know I know how it would have gone and it wouldn't have gone well for Daisy. As a social media influencer yourself. Well, so are you. <laughs> oh, if we went on to if we went on to our Twitter and gone, oh, not going to say who it is, but somebody um, has been has been harassing us and oh, we think it's this person and it, we were wrong. We, would what? you not expect us to be in abs- in total? If we if we yeah yeah. In in absolute trouble for for weeks because and that would ruin our reputation. We just said. Georgia Taylor, she's a right cow. But do you know what I mean? Like nobody would, nobody would trust us again, and rightfully no. so because you've gone and ruined, try and ruin somebody else's reputation. Mm. And you know, in the world of Coronation Street fandom, it's a fairly small kind of world, isn't it? Yeah. We all, we know practically everybody, and if we started throwing accusations at people, <laughs> I didn't really expect <laughs> to have it uh, thrown back in our faces. Yeah. And this is like, you know, I would never do anything like that. So it was kind of surprising to me that. She did it so cavalierly. Well, she was wasn't she caught a bit by Todd? To, not supposed to really look it to. I'm not. We're not supposed to look into it that much. But I'm just. I, I'm just I wasn't. Saying. But I'm interested. It's interesting hearing your perspective. But you can you see from your from our, from yeah, what, yeah, what I'm yeah, saying yeah, about yeah, like in our world and the thing is about Daisy is that she's definitely a local influencer. Mm, mm, yeah, for because sure. because if she if she wasn't she wouldn't even be able to invite these people mm. to her wedding because you know on the internet you can reach anybody they might as well be you know they could be american canadian australian anywhere but they're obviously all from weatherfield otherwise they wouldn't be able to get to the wedding very good point 
and this local DJ, you know, he's he's able to come into the pub himself and go, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> um, right, let's move on to some other stories. We've got the Jacob's dad story, Jacob's dadder. Um, the, this one to me, like, I, it's not, it's not gripping me particularly and and you were feeling this right from the beginning as well weren't you when there was the possibility of um you know money laundering or drug smuggling or anything through the bistro and it was just like oh here we go again and i i like nick i like leanne i I don't mind damon great that it's giving ryan something to do a little bit but there's just something about it that's feeling a bit stale and been there done that you know oh it's leanne's involved in drugs again she doesn't even realize it this time (laughs) um so um leanne's leanne's trying to contact um jacob at the beginning of monday's episode just to just to underline the fact that he has definitely gone and she can't she can't get hold of him um, and Simon and Leanne. Amy tells her them. Yeah, yeah. Amy, Amy tells them and says, "Oh, yeah, this is what happened. Jacob was doing drugs again. I, I'm not interested in him. We cut ties." And and Leanne starts to get a bit worried that Jacob's, you know, he's been working at the bistro and maybe he's well, been dealing from there. Well, don't take a genius to work out the fact that there was a drugs dog in the bistro the other day and now Jacob's gone and exactly. Amy's saying he was a drug dealer. <laughs> so Damon ends up following after Amy in the street and he's like saying, oh, oh, that's really sad that you and Jacob have split up. Oh, what a shame. You, were so, you two were so great together. And Amy's like, well, he was into drugs and I'm not interested in him anymore. And Just say no. Yeah, and Carla then follows on after her, has a chat with her, and she's kind of gutted, and it was quite sweet, because I thought that Amy and Jacob were quite a lovely couple, and Amy's, although she's, you know, saying, rah, rah, I'm really mad at him, I don't care, but she's obviously has had her little heart broken here, and, and Carla says, look, don't worry, you've got a lot of life to live ahead of you, go and live it, and, um, and Amy... Amy says, oh yeah, that's a great slogan, I'm going to put it on a t-shirt. So Wednesday's episode, empty at the bistro, no bookings there. Um, They're kind of wondering, is it to do with the drugs raid or whatever that happened the other day? And and Nick says, look, Ryan, you haven't had a story for a while, how do you fancy getting on on this one? Yes, please, says Ryan, I know all about Damon and what he was like over in Ibiza when he had his clubs and there were drugs being sold there and everything. You want me to find out a little bit more about it on the download? Yes, please. So Ryan goes off to do his little investigating and finding more more of the dirt on Damon, who comes into the pub later, Damon does, and um, Leanne has a bit of a go at him um, for, for the whole Jacob thing. And this is when Nick has to jump in to defend him. To, you know, you've got to keep him sweet and says, oh, no, no, he, he didn't know about Jacob being a massive druggie. And Damon's like, yeah, no, I didn't know about it. I'm, I'm, I'm on the level. In fact, I've got some great ideas for you getting more customers, Leanne. So they are going off our little meeting together. Later on in the kitchen, Nick confronts Damon with what Jacob told him about him being the one behind the drugs delivery. It's like, he, I spoke to Jacob. He said you were well in on it. And Damon's like, what? Me? Drugs? Oh, no. I know nothing about that. What a massive lie. Uh, I, I, I'm offended. And, and uh, excuse me, I need to, I've got other things to do. So later still, <laughs> Ryan reports back to Nick. So he's been doing his digging. And the rumour is that Damon was involved in some pretty dodgy stuff over in Ibiza. So Nick's like, right, okay, Damon. My, my, my trusted source, not going to name names, but it's Ryan, has told me that you do, you're a massive Ibiza drugs lord. And just for, just for lols, Damon's like... You're right, I am. 
He strokes his ego, does Nick, with that fact. And he's like, yeah, I am a massive drug dealer. I'm what a you going to do about it? And in fact, you're going to be receiving quite a few packages from my associates in the coming weeks and months. And um, there's nothing you can do about it. Because yeah. if you do say no, I will have one of those associates deal with you. And Nick's like... Oh, no. What do we do Oh, now? you got me. Like, there's nothing I can do now apart from a good old squint here. So later on, <laughs> and Leanne's having a meeting with Damon. They're having a lovely old time together. Nick doesn't well, want they're her... They're coming up with ideas. They are. They've got a new menu money. and everything. Yeah. And he's like, drugs. Nick... <laughs> it's just... Cover everything in LSD. It'll make it feel... It takes an awful, <laughs> awful lot better. Everyone's everyone money will love out of their pockets. Um, Nick doesn't want her finding out about what Ryan's discovered about Damon's drug laudery. So he has to kind of play along with liking him too. At the end of the episode, Nick has Damon in the office again, says, stay away from Leanne. And Damon's like, whatever. I don't get... Are you still here? And then he makes up a phone call to one of his druggy mates and he's like... Just on a power trip, isn't he? He's like, showing Nick who's hi, the boss. Hi, is that Jeffrey? Yeah, Jeffrey. I've got some drugs here. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to come and have them? Yeah. <laughs> come and buy drugs in the bistro. Yeah, yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, sorry. There's somebody here. Sorry, Nick. Could you bugger off? I'm trying to make a phone call. Thanks. <laughs> Bye, darling. Um, I, 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 I did enjoy... I like enjoy, Damon more now. I like lovely. Damon more now. No, I, he's a lovely now. Oh, I, I, like, I like how he's put... Nick in his place and is just like what What are you going to do about it oh Nick you absolute numpty idiot <laughs> what did you think was going to happen I know I know or he shouldn't have accepted that money off Harvey should he yeah. really sad, silly idea so I mean I, I reckon Leanne's going to be in danger at some point it's yeah. all going to be Nick's fault because yeah. she's getting really close to Damon maybe she's oh going to find God. something maybe Sam will be involved maybe um, maybe Ryan's gonna. I, I, this, this could be a leaving storyline for Ryan. Not, I mean, not, not, that's no spoiler. I mean, there's, there's not been a, any announcement that Ryan Prescott's leaving the show, but he's not had a whole lot to do. So this could be a way of, of getting rid of him. I don't know. We could give him a storyline because you know he's a yeah. drug addict. Well, yeah, he, he, he has done drugs in the past. Has Ryan Connor in a, in a previous life and head. So I don't know, but I, it's, it, it, it's not, it's not bringing me joy it's not sparking joy this storyline in quite the same way as some of the others it's fine but it feels like it's been done before i don't know if i can work at the bistro anymore it's too tempting because we've got this bottomless brunch and drugs morning on saturdays don't know if i can cope can't can't keep away from that i've been i've been dry for 10 years but okay let's move on we've got nothing else to say about that let's let's do that let's do the 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 fizz and tyrone storyline which had some nice bits didn't it it was interesting wasn't it okay so on monday uh hope talks to sam about her dad and she wants to know is it weird that she wants to know about him even though he's a murderer and he seemed quite nice and uh, there's nothing about how nice he was in the book and sam says I wanted to know about my dad too before I met Nick, which is kind of funny. It's kind of like insinuates that now he knows Nick, he doesn't want to know any more about it. <laughs> so Hope comes home at lunchtime because there's been a leak or something. Oh, God. It was literally, it was last week that Corrie was doing a bit of a fourth wall breaking reference when Gail starts listing all the reasons why, was it Max or Lily or someone should have come home earlier? And she's like, oh, has there been a gas leak? Or is there the water? Is there no water or anything? And then they use that excuse again. I don't understand why we need to have an excuse as to why a child's in their own house. But it's in the middle of the day. Why did it have to be in the middle of the day? It could have been any time. That's the thing. I think sometimes Coronation Street just needs child characters to be on the street during the day and 
they keep coming they up with these ridiculous excuses and now out. they can't even be bothered. They just have hopes out or there's a leak or something. It's like, who cares? She's home, deal with it, viewers. So she's got some homework to do and she starts asking questions about John and asks what his favourite food was and Fizz doesn't want to talk about it. And uh, she, she goes to leave and Hope puts on the tape but it gets all churned up and she cries out. She really overreacts. But she, yeah, she, she on the sofa. Yeah, because this is the, literally her lifeline to her dad and she was talking about... Um, was it later this episode? Was it last week? I can't remember where she, we, we learned that she kind of has conversations with the tape and everything. Yeah. This, it's, this is like her dad and now it's been churned okay. up and broken and, she and it's gone. She doesn't know that so she I, can fix it. No, I didn't, I, I didn't think she overreacted. She no, no, a, no, 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 no. I mean to say that she overreacts for what Fizz thinks that it okay. is. Yeah. So she overreacts and goes, are you happy now? And if you're Fizz, you're thinking, this is a bit of a, a weird yeah, thing. Yeah, because to... Fizz thinks it's still Sam's mixtape, yeah, doesn't she? Yeah, she doesn't know what it is. So Fizz fixes it and um, she was, she well, no, first, first of all, she goes to speak to Tyrone and she's talking about how worried she is and how Hope got really frustrated about Sam's tape. And Tyrone says, oh, I'll fix it. So that's why, you know, that's why I brought it up, because it's weird. Mm. It was weird enough for Fizz to go and tell Tyrone that she's yeah. really gone mad about that. So he, so so um, Fizz and Tyrone go back to the house and they get the tape working and start playing it. And it takes, he doesn't realise who the voice belongs to, but Fizz recognises it immediately. And she starts freaking out. Because obviously this would be incredibly confronting to suddenly hear your ex-husband's yeah. murdering voice coming. Could be on the grave yeah. ten years after he's uh, died. And and not just that, but to realise that your daughter's been listening to this mm. this whole mm. time. So Tyrone tries to call Hope on the phone, but she she doesn't answer. So they go to see Sam, and he says Hope's on a walk, and they ask him about the tape. Oh, yeah, this is when he talked about her having a conversation with it, wasn't it? Yeah, and saying, oh, she just wants to know her dad, and she talks, and she pauses the tape and has a conversation. And they're like, oh, my God, what have we done to this poor girl? Hope gets back, and Fizz and Tyrone aren't mad at her because they've realised how much how important this is to her and how they've kind of... They've kind of, like, not let her know anything about her. It's really difficult. I think... I really wish they'd spent more time on this because this is such a fascinating story. They've, and they've sheltered her from all information about him. And, and like, it, the question is, like, is that the right thing to do mm. or not? And I don't know the answer. I mean, from a perspective of, like, John Stape in the, in the context of Coronation Street feels a bit mean because we all know that he didn't really kill any main characters and he didn't really well, need he to did, do it. He did but... have a lot of lovely sides. He was, he know, was the but, nicest of Corrie's murderers. But if murderers. you're one of the victims, you know, how yeah, would I... you feel about this? And there mm. are plenty of other people who have murdered, who probably, have, you know, there's probably lots, lots, not lots of people, but there are people in the situation and what do you judge it by? How bad the crime was? Yeah. Uh, uh, is, is, is it a punishment to, to hope? Mm-hmm. well she hasn't done anything to not allow, ever allow her to know her father yeah. or is it just perverse to construct a relationship for her out of this man that you know took other people's lives I really find it this is like really fascinating to me but they didn't really... but it was all tied it's like with, this, with the Jade story a few years ago wasn't it because she came in saying all these lovely things about John and that's yeah. when Hope's kind of hero worship of him started probably really. yeah, yeah I think you're right so uh, Fizz apologises for shutting down when she was asked about John and says, I want to, I know you want to know about him. And Hope says, I just love hearing his voice because it makes him feel real and I want to know what he was like as a person. And so they gave, they give her the envelope of his stuff that had been 
hidden away from her. Yeah, in Gemma's attic. So Hope and Fizz listen to the tape together and Fizz tells her about John and, and she starts talking about some nice things about him, which was quite funny. One of the things that she brings up is um, what his favourite animal was, which were cats, which is quite funny because that was what he... His alibi for keeping Rosie, Rosie yeah. in the in his grand's attic because he said he was going to feed the cat. <laughs> so that was a funny little, little meta reference. comment. And she said um, their song was "I'll Be Missing You" by Puff Daddy. And Hope sees a picture of Fizz and John together and they look happy. And and Hope says, "Oh, it's weird to miss someone you've never met, but that's how I feel about my dad." And Fizz is like, "Okay." okay. She's kind of realizing, and it's kind of like. I mean, I don't think she will, but it made, it made me think a little bit, is she going to start to fall in love with him again? Or is she, it does, is she just going to realise he wasn't all bad? Yeah. But I think that she kind of knew that anyway. But well, she it, helped him with his crimes. Oh, yeah, I know. But I think it's taken She's... this for her to realise he wasn't, he's not just a total murderer, which is what this book made him out to be. He, she, she did love him. And I, that, that particular scene with Hope and Fizz together kind really of opening up was excellent. really, really well done. The, the, the dialogue performance, everything was just very uh, perfect. It was thought provoking and it was an unusual situation. And it's not really an issue storyline because this is not applicable to like 99.99% of the population. But is this is something that um, a soap can do. In a really interesting way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they, 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 yeah. This is a bit of a goldmine to me. I, I thought this was great. On Wednesday, um, Tyrone, Viz, Gemma and Chesney are reminiscing. And then Chesney says, you know, oh, it makes me think about how many, good, how many bad times Schmeichel got me through, who was his Great Dane dog. And uh, if you didn't watch Coronation Street back in the day, unfortunately you missed one of the greatest double acts of all time, <laughs> which was a tiny little... Uh, Gingerhead Chesney and his a great big enormous massive yeah, big, great, great Dane, Dane dog called Schmeichel and um, that gets them to thinking Tyrone and Fizz go back home and tell Evelyn that maybe the girls should get a pet and then Hope it's like maybe if Hope had a pet she wouldn't want a dad so much <laughs> so they decide to go to the pet uh, pet shop and Fizz wants them to get a, a fish but they come back because Tyrone went with a chinchilla. Great. Good job. <laughs> they set the cage up. And Hope's like, oh, I'll walk her every day. Blah, 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 blah. Into the cage. Yada, yada. And Fizz is like, oh, I'm not going to be doing this. I know I am. And Hope Hope um, talks to this animal, which she's called Scylla. And she introduces herself as Hope Dobbs. Which is um, a the um, What's it called? It's a breakthrough for them because yeah. they wanted everyone to have the same name. And Hope's obviously now accepted her place in the family. I thought it became odd and I, I wouldn't have minded if she stayed Hope's day. But we all kind of theorised that she would go, that Fizz would end up backing down on trying to change Hope's name. I and I would have thought that after she found out all the nice things about her dad and saw the yeah. lovely photos and everything, it would make her want even more to stay as a state. I think she probably just feels secure as being, as, as feeling like she could change her name and still not betray her dad. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't have a problem with either way. I just didn't want them to tell her what her name should be because I hate that mm. idea. Um, anyway, Tyrone and Fizz are, are thrilled about this. On Friday, um, did I say that the, the, the chinchilla's name is Scylla? Yeah. The chinchilla? After. After, after. Scylla. Yeah. So, so on Friday. Named Scylla named after Scylla being Fizz's mum. Fizz's mum. 
How weird would that be? That, I, I know. Like, are you going to, you know, phone her up and tell her, oh, we've got a silly... You, you never guess what. I get I get how it's, it's a funny, funny name for the show. Because it makes us, the viewers, think of Scylla. Yeah. But in real life, to it name a pet after your grandma, that's odd. I don't think children do that, do they? No. On Friday, Fizz is tired because this bloody chinchilla's been up all night because they're nocturnal. And I remember when I used to have hamsters they used to get, I hated it keep me awake why do we do this these poor animals shouldn't be they shouldn't be pets should they <laughs> anyway so um sorry if you have a chinchilla it just feels like um like incompatible <laughs> doesn't it a little bit um I think chinchillas are a bit more of a I don't know a bit I don't know I've never known anyone with a chinchilla, so I don't really know what they're like. But all I know is, I told you this when I was, we were watching the other day, my mum really liked chinchillas. So we get one called Elaine? Yeah, see, that would be weird, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be weird. When, when we ever went to the pet shop and they had chinchillas there, mum always think they're really cute. They're all cute. They're, my, they're, they're an unusual and um, not so common pet. My friends got had chinchillas. <laughs> Did they? Yeah. Oh, were they stinky? I just remember looking at them in a big cage and they were always rolling around in dirt. They're like a little, dust, they are like a little you know? cuddly toy, aren't they? With the big eyes and everything. They are, they are pretty adorable. But yeah, I, must, I must say I've never smelt one. No. I mean, <laughs> if you want a stinky pet, that's a ferret, isn't it? Yes. See, when we had that ferret, which we found a feral ferret, he was abandoned. Yes, he just walked into the house. Yeah, we looked, at, we looked after her. Mm-hmm. Was and it a girl? Was it was, she was called Ham. <laughs> we looked after her until we could take her to a ferret rescue. And I was like, I would really like a ferret, but they do not smell good at all. That was the weirdest thing. It wasn't our house that she walked into, was it? We were at our friend uh, Rachel's house and we were just sitting in the lounge. Yes. And a ferret walks in through the kitchen. Like, hi, guys. <laughs> so we had to catch this ferret, put it in a box in the bathroom overnight yeah. and then take her to a ferret dealer the next day. Ferret rescue. Yeah. It was so adorable. She was so adorable. And I remember opening the box because we kept her in a box in the kit in the bathroom yeah open the box and look in and then she would look up at me with this really pretty little face like a really inquisitive kind of cheeky little face and i would put my i was like oh i'll give her a little pet and put my hand in and she just bit my finger yeah. I was like well you'll go into well, the ferret there been like uh, a serial ferret release there was another in the one area. yeah there's another one that was found anyway that's but then when we took it to the ferret lady, she was like, oh, yeah, this is a young girl. And she puts her hand in the box and picks this ferret up and puts it on her shoulder. And the ferret's like, brilliant, somebody who knows what they're doing. <laughs> so it wasn't like a horrible ferret. It's no. just I didn't know what to do with it. But Anyway, yeah. that's by the by. So um, would you like a ferret or a chinchilla? Write in and let us know. <laughs> so she's been kept awake. And, um, sh- and then they start talking in the factory and... and uh, uh, Sally says, oh, being kept awake, eh? I thought you meant with by having lots of sex like me and Tim like to do. And Fizz is like, what do you yeah. mean? I'm... Quoting directly from the show there, This Gemma. is the subtle nature of Coronation Street. And Fizz is like, I haven't had a good old bonk in about 10 years. <laughs> and um, Sally says, well, you're newlyweds. You should be shagging 24-7. Bill was. I thought this was really I'm going to have to put an explicit rating on this now. Thank you very much. And she says, you should make more time for, for relations with your husband. So because she relations, gets... Relations, that's fine. Because she gets off work early, she goes round to see Tyrone and says, hey, why don't we go home and have a little afternoon 
friend <laughs> session. Hanky panky. Yeah. And so they go back and that they can't get down to business because the house stinks of chinchilla because Hope hasn't cleaned the cage out and Fizz doesn't want to to, to romp in the stench of, of rodent. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she just wants to clean the cage and... Um, have a cup of tea. Have a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. And she looks a bit glum about it. I thought this is a fun, silly side story that was... Yeah, you know, a bit of uh, light relief from all the all the whole punch murders that were going on just across the street. It was quite funny. I don't know what I, I don't know if they're going to upset the chinchilla people. I, I don't know where this is going at all. If anywhere, it doesn't need to go anywhere. Is this just a new pet on the street? It's a bit. I, it's obviously irresponsible of them to have bought this chinchilla without really knowing anything about. Well, it's irresponsible it. of Tyrone. It is very much the sort of thing that he would do because he like comes back and he's so proud of himself, isn't he? Like, hey, first look what we got, and the girl think it's amazing do you think 85% of chinchillas purchased for a small child are bought by dads yeah I would think so dads <laughs> well the mums yeah back at home doing <laughs> in the ironing or fingers. something yeah no I well I, I I hope that they keep this chinchilla because pets on Coronation Street are a rare thing these what days what did I say they? my prediction one of my predictions was somebody gets a pet and then it's forgotten about did you? Yes. Did you say that this year? Yes. Oh, well, there we go. Maybe so I think I think there's going to be a chinchilla story and then they'll all learn to live together and then we'll just have maybe the cage in the background every now and then and the sound of a squeaking wheel or whatever chinchillas maybe. do. I, I want to know what Cerberus thinks of um, sharing a house with a, with a chinchilla. I mean, sure are, they compa- are they that. compatible? I don't know if it's a good idea to have a dog and a chinchilla in the same house. What if know. he opens the cage and eats it? <laughs> what if the chinchilla oh eats gosh. him? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to wait and see with that one, won't we? But anyway, that was that was all lovely. Um, sweet stuff. It was with cool Fizz that they Hope. actually got a chinchilla. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Maybe this is just, what they've spent all their budget on. It just feels like maybe we'll yeah, like you said, we'll never see it again because I don't think Rover's dead. But no. Rover hasn't been on the show for like four or five years now, it feels like. Um who else have we got? Like Cerberus's Peanut. Yeah, peanut. We very, we very rarely see. So it's a bit of a bit of a bold move to introduce a pet in Coronation Street when people don't tend to have them these days on the show. But people this... in real life do have pets, so why not? Uh, a lot. There's a lot more pet ownership in real life than there is on Coronation Street. Yes, yeah. The You'd proportions think about are a little bit off. People will have a pet. Yeah, I I, I I don't understand how disruptive is a caged mammal on set. That's a very good point. It how is... expensive is it as well? Because like. You'd think you'd just get a hamster or two, wouldn't you? Because they're all, they all look the same. Hmm. You just get a different... You know, somebody who's got ten beige hamsters. I think that, I think that a chinchilla would be all right because they're kind of fairly just slow and lumbering. But a hamster would be digging, digging up the sawdust, gnawing on the bars. Yeah, That'd yeah, be they worst. love doing that, don't they? That'd be worse to do Oh, and when they get their water bottles and they're in the middle of the night. Um... Also, I did really like the panning to the chinchilla who was very obediently just sitting there looking yeah. quite uh, cute and uh, docile. <laughs> All good stuff apart from Ruby who would just seems to ruin every scene she's in at the moment by That's not, awful. not being Can't great to be that. fair. But uh, anyway. Um, Maybe Stephen can kill her next. Oh yes, Stephen kills Ruby. That's wrong. Oh gosh, I used to love Ruby so much. Right, um, so the final story then is this Gemma story. It just kind of showed its face a little bit today. It, it didn't go that much further than where we thought it would be last time that they had it. It's basically Michael's still 
um, calling on Gemma to look after Glory, and this time he brings round sixty pounds for the pleasure, and Gemma's like, oh, I like light up. She sees the dollar signs in them when she realizes how much of a gold mine she's sitting on here, and basically she goes online, registers herself as a child mind or attempts to, and um, and starts getting lots of messages from eager parents who are happy to drop their children off at the hovel that is number five Coronation Street. Does make me wonder whether they'll change their mind when they actually go round there and and discover uh, exactly what it's like. Also, mm. does Gemma get her DBS checked? Because she's had a bit of a dodgy past, hasn't she? Can you be a childminder if you've been a gangster's mole? It depends on what crime she is actually ever involved in. I know, I'm trying to think back about. now. I mean, she... I know she she's definitely like you know overdosed on drugs before. I remember her being rushed into hospital and, but I mean, Callum had a gun in his wardrobe. Surely Gemma got up to some pretty dodgy business back in the day, but I feel like that side of Gemma has been completely forgotten about, and I don't think it's going to get brought up at all. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I I think, uh, but I wonder how di- there's a lot of stuff you've got to do to be a childminder. It seems really complicated. Yeah, you've got to make sure your fence isn't too is high enough so the, the, the children of... don't jump over it. No, I think you're thinking about dogs. <laughs> but yeah, in the in England, you're looking it up. Um, you you can have six children under the age of eight, so she's already hit that. Yeah, what's she got? She's got the quad, she's got Joseph, she's got Glory. Yeah, that's it. So she can squeeze a couple of others in. No, she can't. That's it. Oh, six, did you say? Six. Oh, I thought you said eight. But listen, of these six, three, a maximum of three, may be young, and only one is allowed to be under the age of one. Oh. So there's definitely all these... And in in Wales, um, she wouldn't be allowed to do it at all, because in Wales, you, you can have... No more than 10 children under 12, but of those 10, no more than 6 can be under 8, and no more of 3 can be under 5, and no more than 2 can be under 18. Well, I'm sure Coronation Street has done also a very quick boggle of all this, and they, they're not going to contravene any of these child-minding lawyers in this storyline at all. Are they going to do that, or do you think they, she's going to realise that she's not actually allowed to? I think they will. I don't mind this as a, as a direction for her to go down, honestly. I think it's, you know, kind of refreshing for Gemma. I mean, I don't know what how much you get... Oh. Doesn't matter. It's not. Pound. Thing is, no, like she hasn't thought about this as well because she's gonna have to register to be self-employed. She's gonna have, have to do her taxes. Round, isn't she? Yeah. So yeah. you don't get to keep sixty quid <laughs> unless she she shouldn't have registered as a childminder. She just kind of just, kept just done it, it on the sheet, under the, on the table. Line, yeah. And that's why she's like Gemma and um, Bernie were saying, "Oh gosh, you can get a lot more than sixty pound a day for it." Yes, for registered childminders, you have tax codes yeah. and pay pay VAT for things. <laughs> Not just people that give you 60 quid of cash a week, uh, a day. <laughs> right, um, let's rate this week's Coronation Street. I am going to go first and say... Bang in. We're not doing that. That's our, that is our, not our podcast rating system. We've got to get our score out of five. Um, I thought it was okay. I, I'm still just left with a slight bit of disappointment about the murder after I had it built up in my head a little bit. But there were some lovely scenes with the Daniel and Daisy storyline. The, the Fizz and Hope stuff was great. Um, it, the, the summer stuff, especially Monday's episode when she was you know trapped, I did. I thought that was quite exciting. So I am going to give this one um, three and a half hairs on Evelyn's chinny chin chiller out of five. <laughs> what oh, about no. you? Um... I really, uh, talking about it made me appreciate the uh, John's tape, John's tape thing. Mm. Um, I, I really loved that. It was, a, it was, it felt like a kind of a nice end 
tied a bow on the story, didn't it? A little bit like the summer one. If that's is the end, it's kind of ended nicely. I thought it was really th- thought-provoking, and Coronation Street didn't spend a lot of time dwelling on the ma- the bigger, wider issues, but that's okay. Didn't need to make a mountain out of every molehill, mm. do we? I really love Stephen. I loved the the visual of everybody lifting this... Um, Corpse in a what's box. What's it called? Yeah, roof the box. box. The roof box. Like it was a coffin being lifted into the hearse. Mm. Um, that was fantastic. I love the I love the the murder. I liked Teddy confronting him. I really liked uh, uh, Michael sneaking in and kind of nearly catching him. Um, even the summer stuff was okay. What's I'm gonna give then? it four. Whoa! Yes, that's right. Go on then. For what? Um, for Divina lattes. <laughs> Extra hot oat yes. milk. No, I would like mine with some caramel syrup, please. Right. That's what a Divina Latte is. It's an extra hot um, flat white with caramel syrup. Okay. Um, character of the week, <laughs> I am going to give to Daisy. She is she is rocketing up there in my points. I thought she, she really was fab is. this week. I lo- All the stuff where she was opening up about her childhood, talking about how she used to cry at break time and everything. I, I enjoyed uh, having a, you know, confronting the DJ. I, I, yeah, just... Fab, fab stuff. Um, I'm going to give it to Stephen, Stephen. Yeah, because he's a, he's a killer. He's a stone cold killer, baby. <laughs> okay. And um, I'm sorry that I, I'm sorry that I know loads of people really hate the storyline and think it's silly. I but I I like it because it's silly. So I hope you appreciate that. That's um, you know, I'm not oh, watching yeah, this I bet like there's people it's, that are listening to this that are enjoying arguing back with you. It's not Hamlet, is it? Hello, John. Right, let's uh, <laughs> let's move on and do uh, the cabin. Cabin, yeah. Okay, it is time for some news. Um, we didn't have a cabin last week, so there wasn't much news, and there still hasn't been that much news this week, actually, unfortunately. But at least there was the official reveal of the Coronation Street tour precinct. The um, the news came through to if you were subscribed to their newsletter, it came through a couple of weeks ago. But um, this Monday was the official unveiling of it. So um, if you would like to go and see Coronation Street Precinct, you now can. Um, you just need to go onto their website and book a tour. Um, I had to look at it the other day, and the first dates that are available are February, like the 11th of February. I don't know that that means that they're not doing it until then, or they're just booked up. I'm thinking maybe they're closed up over Christmas, but I don't know. But um, yeah, Gemma, we need to we need to make our way up to the precinct at some point because all these other Cory fans are getting there before us. I think it could make a good YouTube video, just saying. Well, it could do, couldn't it? So um, the press release that came out about this says, Introducing Weatherfield Precinct, an impressive, purpose-built, brand-new, two-storey working set designed and developed by the Coronation Street design and construction teams. Opening of the new Weatherfield Precinct comes shortly after its first screen appearance in January and is now included in your tour. Explore the external precinct set as you go behind the scenes in one of our 2023 tours. Um, Plus, there's even more coming soon. There's even more to explore than ever before alongside the precinct. We have another impressive tour edition coming very soon, so watch this space. Um, It doesn't say it in here, but I'm sure I read somewhere that the tour is still 90 minutes long, so I don't know what they're going to be kind of speeding up, because the one that we went on was 90 minutes, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. Or was that because of the Star Tour? Perhaps it's going to be... I don't know. Perhaps they just don't give you as much time to... To waddle about, but to be honest, I don't, I'm, start, I, I'm starting to wonder whether we, whether the last one we went to was ninety minutes because that was when we met Sally Carman. Probably. Um, so anyway, that's that's really cool. So um, we, we heard obviously that they did some trial 
um, viewings of the precinct before Christmas. But um, yeah, month, months, what, what was it, three weeks or so? You'll be able to go and see it yourself. So um, I will definitely want to Book go Book yourself there. in. I, I, this, this impressive tour edition coming very soon is clearly the visitor's centre. Still got no idea what's going on with that. Again, some people were taken there. We, we, they very kindly wrote in to us before Christmas and told us about the video and everything that they, they were shown there. Um, Etc. This is if they can't delay it for that much longer. This is already like mega delayed. I can't but... wait to be disappointed by the menu. <laughs> um. So we have got oh. Set your recording, everybody. Put the video cassette in. Jimmy Harkishin is on catchphrase tomorrow. And if that <laughs> phrase doesn't fill you with joy and spark excitement, then um, I'm sorry, you have no why soul. Why do you keep saying sparking joy? This, have you been doing Marie Kondo? I, I must have been doing a bit of Marie Kondo tonight, yeah. yeah. Um, we, we we last saw um, Georgia Taylor did catchphrase. Was it last year or the year before? I can't remember. So that was obviously a lot of fun. But um, Jimmy is a, a, a legend, a legendary entertainer, and I can only imagine that he is going to be just as fun as this. I want to see him go all the way and go. Oh man, I don't know what this could be. I'm trying to see what I see. See, I'm I'm, I'm a bit torn here because I've got very a mam- mammoth. Mar- marmalade making session tomorrow you do you so have I'm a mammoth it. marmalade marathon tomorrow don't I'm you I'm going to be uh, entering the uh, co- marmalade making competition again she doesn't just do podcasts everyone I'm also an award winning and that's true marmalade maker mm. what have you won gold I won a bronze got a little bit of pay for it did you get a, did you get a proper medal what did you get a medal for making marmalade for? What do you think it says? It could be just like a marmalade jar lid with a with a bit of a sash around it. Yeah, that, that's I, what that I would do. actually do me. I yeah. wouldn't mind that. I'll make you one if you like. Oh, thank you. Um, so anyway, I don't know what time it's on. It's Saturday night. It's tonight. If you're listening to this as soon as it comes out, you missed it if you're leaving it too long. But I'm sure it's going to be on ITVX. Um, also, this weekend, we have got the debut of Molly on um, Dancing on Ice. Molly Gallagher plays Nina, is going to be putting on the old ice skates and pirouetting and twirling and jumping around and being swung by the feet um, or whatever you do on your first dance. Um, I'm sure we will tune in to have a watch of her. People don't take the fact that she did ballet professionally for 30 years before this. <laughs> you would, her. wouldn't you? Um, I've got, I, I, I don't even happened. know who else is on it this no. year. I've not been looking into it at all. But um, we will definitely have a look, a look at at least one of Molly's dances and I'm sure that um, sure our lovely news hound Rebecca will give us updates of she how she She's a very does. nice person so I hope, um, I'm sure that everyone's going to love her. I, I really hope that she does well. She's, she's looking very, very glam in the promo shots and everything. And um, apart from the fact that next week Coronation Street is on Thursday instead of Friday. I think it's football again. Um, there's not really any other news. So uh, I don't know what that's going to mean for the podcast. We haven't talked about it. I I think we'll probably still record Friday. It's going to be a bit late to do it on a school night if it's Thursday, isn't it? It's my deadline week anyway. I don't... Oh, is it your deadline? Oh, fine. So... We'll definitely do a Street Talk Shorts on that Thursday episode. So you'll find out what we thought about the Thursday one then. But um, yeah, podcast at normal time. But um, just in case you need to arrange your schedules and you didn't find out or you Just in case you need to book your um, unregistered babysitter. Exactly. Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening. Should we do on. feedback now? No more news. Let's do some feedback. 
Okay, thank you for everybody who has given us some lovely feedback. We had we had our our bobbins awards this week, didn't we? And we had a few people saying how much they enjoyed that, and we've had some of our nice feedback about the the shorts on YouTube. It's been very nice all those little extra comments. And so we have got some emails to read for you. But before that, last week's Coronation Street got four point zero four on our Facebook group. So a jolly popular oh, week like was that, that one, um, and that included from Jonathan four times Horatio Nelson had been dumped upon on his column. Um, Bronte gave it three daisies for Daisy and um, Chad was four bottles of Kennel Number no. 5 perfume filiana, which I think that was one of the options that we considered scoring it as well last week. So, same Do you remember when you Chad. lived in France with your um, housemates and one of them dropped an entire bottle of Chanel Number no. 5 all over her bedroom floor? I don't remember that in the slightest. Dank of it. Oh, no, not a clue. And she also is the same person who thought it was pronounced columns for her <laughs> entire life. Um, right, George emailed us earlier this evening, and he's very, very pleased um, with Todd's heroic acts this week. He says, How well did my boy Todd do being the hero who exposed that little weasel's Mike's lies right in front of everyone, proving not only that he's the best man out of the three dads, I'm not going to lie there, but that he's a bigger man than Mike is. Was I surprised, though, that Summer ended up collapsing? No. I'd rather it happened at the start of Monday's episode instead of dragging it out. However, whilst I do love him, I have to knock off some points in Todd's heroics after he stupidly took the fall for Paul after that assault on Mike, which is more of a push in the playground than a much-needed backhander. (laughs) I'm just relieved that he's been out of jail. Um, and I think he must have written this part way through the episode because he said Paul better fess up sooner or later as it's not fair that Todd's life is being ruined just because someone can't control their temper true he's fine it's all over by the end of the episode isn't it he's got away with it everyone's got away with it it has been forgotten is Mike going to be in this anymore I don't know but um, anyway thank you for your thoughts George Um, Nancy Gemma over to you Nancy says, Jacob's leaving was a total surprise. It looked like Damon was going to kill Jacob, but luckily it didn't happen. I was wondering why Jacob did not tell Amy about Damon. She will find out at some point. How much longer will Nick let Damon control the bistro? I think Debbie will end up helping Nick, or Nick and Liam will leave the bistro. I don't, I don't, I can't see Debbie getting involved here. It'd be great for her to say, well, I'm going to help you get rid of this pesky drugs dealer if you let me... Come reclaim my uh, my sure. empire here but uh. Nancy says we haven't seen the last of Griff they will need to have a trial and the police will find out about Councilman Cameron DD could have a role to play Maria speaking at the interview was brilliant I like the fact that they're showing the extent of how much Griff was able to influence Max Gail's talk with Max was wonderful she needs to have more chats with him David has a huge challenge facing him to try and turn Max around. This could be the making of Max and David if it happens. Um, yeah, we had another serious Gale scene this week as well, didn't we? There was just her meeting... Um... Oh, yeah, it was, that, it was that same scene when um, she met Stephen in the pub and she said that he should pretend to be gay to get rid of Elaine. But mm. it was, it was though, maybe, no, maybe not serious scene isn't the right word, but it did have Gale not being an idiot, Yeah, which is, uh, which is great. She says, I love Daisy and Daniel together. I hope they do get married. Daisy flirting with the DJ in the drunken state was hilarious. I loved Gemma gulping the wine and the look on Debbie's face. Todd did some great detective work to find out about Mike and Esther. It was a wonderful twist to find out that Mike had a son with Ava. I couldn't believe Summer would let herself get locked up in a room, though. Couldn't she see that Mike was unhinged and can't be trusted? I hope Summer finds a way to get herself out there. Otherwise, she would not have learned anything from this experience. Yeah. I think Mike just locked her in there because she broke a glass. Because I wish I could do that to you. And every time oh, yeah, you I break one of my that. glasses. Lock me in a room. Yeah. 
Yeah, she yeah, if she dies in there, she definitely won't learn anything from it. No. Luckily she's fine. Luckily she's fine. Nancy says Gemma having a nursery reminds me of Sally. She did the same kind of thing during her early years. With oh Kevin. yeah, she did, didn't she? Sally Sally was a childminder for a bit. I think that was the story where one of the dads of a child that she was looking after ended up coming on to her. Yeah, and then they went off on holiday together or something and sailed on a boat in a lake. I remember. Those are the good old days Thanks where for you, that, that you little just, memory, Nancy. When you um when you drop your kids off at um, the childminder's house and they'd say, welcome, welcome, smoking or not. (laughs) (laughs) Nancy says, I give this week's episode three and a half birthday cakes. We're told out of five. The character of the week is Maria. She's shown real growth by standing up for her community and continuing to fight. I give a shout out to Daisy and Jacob. (laughs) Um, Rebecca says, first of all, like Gemma, I was convinced Jacob wasn't going to go anywhere. So when he did leave, I was like, is Jack actually leaving? I'm gutted, but I hope Jack goes on to good things as he deserves it. And hopefully this might be the springboard for Amy slash Ellie to have a good story. Although I don't want it to be Amy crying over Jacob. I'm hopeful that, not though, due to the scene that she had with Tracy and Steve, she was upset but also strong at the same time. I also loved Aaron saying to Jacob, the police are here. Can I let them in? Oh, Aaron, you're an idiot. I also love the Sinbad sniffing the drugs out and also good we are seeing animals on the street post-Covid. I can't stand Damon, though, and when he said Jacob was a mistake, I was so sad. I have high hopes for him now to be the next big bad. Speaking of big bads, Griff scared the heck out of me when he appeared behind Max. Yeah, that was a good scene. I'm assuming he hasn't left yet, and I'm going to guess he gets back in contact with Max in some way. And speaking of Max, I love that Griff's grooming has got hold of him, and he's still kind of radicalised. I'm going to guess he tries to stab someone as a lone wolf attack to prove his point. I also oh. love Maria, and that's a good one. I also love Maria sticking up for herself and wanting to prove a point. And I'm thinking Len the counsellor will come into the picture more as he just seems a bit random at the moment. I also love just seeing Toya and Spider as a couple, and Spider arresting Griff amused me too. That storyline was completely absent this week, wasn't it? I've kind of forgotten about all of that was going on. I wonder when that's going to um, show its face again. Um, I understand why Daisy was flirting with a DJ, but you just know that that's going to come back and haunt her. I love Gemma being funny. I'm sure she's talking about you, Gemma, not the mm-hmm. podcast, uh, not the show. I love Gemma being funny and walking around with her name tag in her hair and Glenda being disapproving towards Daisy. I really hope that the way that they're pointing towards um, May for the Daniel and Daisy wedding is that it's going to be a big grand occasion for Britain's Got Talent Week. I don't oh, think it is. Look, I really can't wait. to. I've just re- realised she's, she's going to have a wedding dress. She's going to, yeah. I want her to wear it's something... It's going to be Instagrammable. I want her to wear something ethereal and pixie and fairy tale-ish. Like a drapey, like be, um, bejeweled, sort of embroidered with diamantes or something. Mm. Or pearls. Like one of these floaty, really floaty dresses. Can't you imagine her like a pixie princess? Yes, I can. <sighs> I don't think it's going to be Britain's Got Talent Week, though. Didn't they say it was the 8th of May and Britain's Got Talent is usually a bit later? I don't know. Maybe they change it. Um, I still think, this is back to Rebecca, I still think the person who's sending uh, the daisies it will turn creepy. Speaking of creepy, Mike is being mega creepy this week. Although, Summer, why don't you use your smarts and try and break out? Although when she saw Callum, I was like, wouldn't it be funny if Mike was the father? Then three seconds later, oh, he was. I just realised something about um, Daisy and Daniel getting married at the beginning of, beginning of May. What? That's when King Charles' coronation is, Saturday the 6th of May. Oh, what a lovely weekend that will be. What a jolly time we'll all have. I think <laughs> the Monday the 8th is a bank holiday. Is that when they're getting married? Yeah. 
Interesting. Is that is that That is in? interesting as well because Daniel was like get time off work. Yeah, and he said, oh, didn't he say, I'll, I'll, I'll work in the morning and then have the afternoon off? Oh, dear. We Still s- time to change it. But I, I do I mean, hope they do something for the current... the 11th of October last year. Yeah, That's when it was going to be. They, they could have worked that one out. I hope they? they do something um, combining the two, and that's a very good point. Oh, the pomp and ceremony. It's also kind of like yet another Barlow wedding tied into a big... Charles event, isn't yeah. it? After uh, after his dad. Do you dad. think Ken will die when when King Charles does? No. Oh. He will never die. Um, okay. So anyway, um, finally, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down to the sorry, next one. Sorry, sorry, Gemma Filler is always good, and I'm curious about this business arrangement she has with Michael. I think it could grow into something more. Also, Bernie was funny not giving Todd um, a cake for his birthday, but in the end, she gave in and gave him a hard baked one. I also enjoyed seeing Izzy again and her pretending that she was a good cook to Mrs York by buying one of Roy's lemon drizzle cakes. Izzy was working in the factory today, wasn't she? That was the first time she'd actually, because it was um, in the cafe last week, but here she was just like sticking, stitching knickers happily as if she had been there all this time. They could have had like a, you know, a back to work scene for her or something, but... Oh, well. Um, nice to see her there. Um, character of the week for Rebecca was Jacob, although Daisy was a close second. I love her feminine, wily charms. And I give the week four times. Daisy <laughs> wanted something greasy in her, which Glenda assumed was a euphemism, out of five. Thank you very much. And Gemma, we have got um, a final email from Richard. Richard says, I hope you had both had a good week. I'm sending this prior to Friday's episode, but I had two strong episodes so far this week from my perspective. I know Spider's age has been discussed in recent podcasts and I think we're all in agreement his character is in his early 50s. Stop bringing up Spider's age. I was wrong, all right? 51. Police officers can retire as young as 50 and I think that they more or less have to retire no later than 55. Oh, okay. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> I didn't know this. Why didn't they tell me this when we were I'd have been a policeman, yeah. We'd have been, you know, 15 years left. Bloody hell. do that. Anyway, with his undercover policing experience, why doesn't he set up as a private detective, maybe teaming up with Tinks? Oh my god. Spider and Tinks, anyone? We know that Loose Lips Craig can't keep any information confidential and has his nose stuck into every crime in Weatherfield, so he could be Spider's man on the inside, hacking into the weather- police databases. Also, if they ever need any info on hospital admissions, Aggie is never off duty and spots everything that happens in the hospital. Also, also, they could work with those high-powered lawyers, Adam, Dee Dee, and or Alia, to get dodgy referrals. <laughs> I, I, I think <laughs> I'll pass. Well, I, like, I like your enthusiasm, but I, I think I would pass on that one, actually. But, you know, as a Coronation Street podcaster, we would be compelled to watch and report on it. So, um... Although I am a bit mad that, um, that Richard has um, given away the title of my children's book Spider and Tinks which I was going to be releasing later this year <laughs> right um, Gemma yes you need to tell us your MRI story because people are looking out for this and it is slightly Coronation it Street is Coronation related Street as well related, this is yes. a Coronation Street themed MRI story I still haven't had my results back but I'm sure they're going to be fine they'll be fine they'll be fine um, but I had, a, I had a CT scan already so I was kind of a bit I knew, I knew the basics of what to expect but when I got to the hospital the nurse was like doing my um intake and she's asking me you know have you ever been next to a bomb that exploded and do you have any shrapnel in your legs and stuff which is quite scary and uh, then she started saying you could uh, Arlie wouldn't be able to answer that question the same as you yeah yeah I'm I'm well aren't me so um she was also saying like are you claustrophobic and I said I don't think I am 
but my mum had an experience where she had one and she 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 had to stop and then i don't know if that was what triggered her or if this is just a general thing they say to everybody but she just, general scaremongering you just spend the rest of the time hyping up how terrifying an mri was and how completely incapable i was probably going to be of being able to sit through the whole thing and it was starting to really psych me out because she's saying to me and she's being really lovely it's not her fault and i think this it actually prepared me very well to mm. to, to deal with what was going to happen but she's going um yeah, it, it, don't worry about it. If you can't cope with it today, we'll, we'll get you sedated. We'll, you can go tell your GP. They'll give you um, a pill. You can take it half an hour before. It works really well. You'll be put, You'll be fine if you have the sedation. Just try your best today. We'll see how far we get. It's not your fault if you can't cope with it. It's very loud. You'll be very scared. You, you'll be put inside a tube. You're going to have really loud noises. Everyone's always really surprised at how loud it is. Um, we'll help you put earphones in so you won't hear it as much, but it will be very, very loud and scary. <laughs> and they just kept saying that for about for about ten minutes, and I was <laughs> getting to this point where I was starting to, sh- I was getting really shaky and thinking, because I know the best one in the world, you can say to yourself, right, I'll, I'll, I won't be scared, I'll be fine. But sometimes your body just takes over and you freak out and you can't control your reaction. So I was like, oh, maybe I will mess this up and have to go and get sedated and then I was thinking I actually quite like to try being sedated I wonder what that's like <laughs> but anyway so I got in there and um they they showed me the machine and they were saying to me oh you're gonna get a cage put a cage on your head and then <laughs> and you'll be very and then you'll be put inside the tube and it'll be very claustrophobic sounds like something out of um like room 101 out of uh 1984 didn't it he had a cage attached to his head yeah so they showed me the machine and it looked very nice and new and clean and lovely and futuristic and it was just a big donut with a big hole. So the CT scan I had, I just kind of like went in a little bit and it was about two minutes. Mm. This was 20 minutes, they told me. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh no, this is really, this is, this is quite intimidating and scary. And um, I was thinking, what the hell am I going to do for 20 minutes in this machine? And you had to lie down, you weren't allowed to move you or anything. You could not move at all. You had to keep absolutely perfectly still, otherwise you ruin ruin the picture. Yeah. Because they're using electromagnetism to like take take thingies out of your, uh, you know, pictures of your skull and, and your brains and stuff. And she was saying, do you have any magnetic eyelashes on? I was like, do you think I do? <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, so they say, so make me lay down on this thing. And then they put this cage there. No, they, first of all, they give me the earphone, the earphone thing. So well, I didn't have my plugs, glasses either. I couldn't take my glasses in there. So I yeah. couldn't see anything. I'm blind as a bat. So I put my head, ear, like little earplugs, mm. you know, like squishy ones. Yeah. And she's like, put it right inside because it'd be very loud and scary. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, have you checked my, I know, I know I look stupid, but I am 40. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a bit of a habit of playing a bit stupid sometimes when I'm in scary situations, but I'm, I think I'll be... Anyway, so, so they put you in this little cr- cradle thing and then they put uh, pads next to your ears to, like, really... You can't move at all. Then they put this, like, cage right on my face and it had, like, a big... Um, what they called? Uh, lateral bars across so you couldn't really see anything. They're like, are you okay? Are you okay? It's like, you told me so when, when you were telling me the story before, you said you were looking a bit like Hannibal Lecter at this point. You told me I was going to look like Hannibal Lecter. Did I? I can't remember. Anyway. I'm sure you did. So they, they're like, are you okay? Are you okay? And then, okay, yeah, I'm fine. So they they kind of, 
and I said, oh, c- can I close my eyes? Because I did that in the CT scan. Because I, I, I knew I might be scared. And the, they didn't tell me about this, the CT scan. They weren't worried about me then. <laughs> but this was a much louder thing. So I said, oh, can I close my eyes? And they were like, yeah. So I closed my eyes. And then it's funny because you can feel yourself moving down into the tube. And you get really squashed in. And I had to put my hands, my hands were like squashed into me. And then they were like, don't, don't interlock your fingers or cross your ankles because it will mess up the electromagnetic that thing. That seems like the scariest bit of the I know, whole I, thing. When I was in there, I was like, is this going to give me something that they don't realise? Because it doesn't feel like the sort of, you know, mm. it doesn't feel right, does it? So no. anyway, I was um, lying there like that. And then and then they start doing, moving it and it starts going... I was like, okay, okay, that's all right. And then they said, can you hear us, Gemma? And there's like a little speaker inside the machine. And they're like, we're just about to start. And it'll be, um, we're just about to do the first one. We'll be about three minutes. And then, and then it was like, and it's like, sounds like you're trying to connect to a dial up modem. No, it didn't sound like that. It sounded like if you're stuck in traffic next to roadworks, it was really very loud but because they'd made a big deal about preparing me i wasn't i wasn't yeah. scared at all but i was thinking i'm going to be so bored it's the hardest thing to me is like coping what with what do i do for how 20 bored minutes i'm going to be oh the other thing was they made a big deal about giving me the squishy i had like um it's like a bulbous um squishy thing like it like the end of a hooter and that was the thing I had to squeeze if I needed to come out. They're like, if you need to come out any moment, don't worry, just squeeze it. Honk the just horn. squeeze it. And um, so I had to hold that in my hand the whole time. And I was thinking, maybe I'll I don't just accidentally get, squeeze it. get so bored I just squeeze it because I can't <laughs> be alone with my thoughts for 20 minutes. But how I managed to cope with dealing with um, the loud noises and the boredom was imagining trying to remember what the top 10 list of characters that were in coronation street in 2022 were so i was like this is why it's coronation street this is why it's coronation story. street so i was thinking all right it definitely was shona and it definitely was toya and then i was like who else was it and i was trying to remember and i was like i know that it was nick nick was the only man and he was like number nine and then I was like, oh i think sarah was on the list i, I thought think- there were two men i thought daniel in there or, or tyrone I don't think so. Well, I can't remember, and I didn't look it up when I came out. So I was trying to, I was trying to I recreate this list. There. I was like, oh, I think it was this. I think it was Sally was definitely on there. I think, and was Maria? I don't know. And I was trying to, I was losing track of all the numbers. And then I decided, because I, I was like, I know that I'm forgetting some really obvious people. So what I'll do is I'll go around the street in Coronation Street, and I'll remember who lives in each house. And that way I'll remember all the characters that are in the show. Mm. And this is really hard for me because I'm completely blanked on the whole side of the terraces. Yeah. So I was like going, okay, in in the Rovers, it's Jenny, Daisy, Teddy, Daniel. Then in number one, it's Ken, Tracy and Steve. Blah. And then I was like really, really shady about what all... I knew that the Baileys come next. And I knew that obviously Gemma was there. And I was trying to remember if Kevin was that side or not. Yeah. And then I was like, I did remember that Dee Dee and Paul live above the flat. So I was proud of myself for remembering <laughs> that. And then it's um Rita and, and uh, 
It took me so long to remember where to work face? out where everyone lives Living on the terrace size, like 15 years or so. So I went all the way round and then I got to Rosamond Street and I was like, oh, the flat Billy lives there with Summer and, and then who li- who where do the teens live and who lives above the, the salon flat? I can't remember. <laughs> and um, I spent most of the time, that, that took the majority of the time, but I was still left with a load of time at the end. And so um, I, I just imagined that it was a... Uh, a nightclub because you sent me a video of a bunch of bats there's a funny video of bats dancing the right way up so it's they bat, hang bats hanging up. from the ceiling and the video had the been flipped. inversed so it and looked like they were, like they were the all dance. having a party and because at that point the the sound of the MRI was like going boom 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 and at the end I'll tell you what if it was quite scary because at the end the whole machine the bed and everything started to vibrate along with the, <laughs> the the noise, and I was like, "This doesn't feel the same as everything I else." I kind of like to have a go at it myself now. I was like, "This this feels very." It's like this, I know what is I'm something going in wrong? For. Are they going to burst in and like rescue me? Yeah, grab you by the ankles and yank you out. I was also expecting to have to take all my clothes off because um, of all the metal in my in my clothes. You know, like my eyelets and yeah. my drawstring trousers and all that stuff. But they, they didn't care because they said, oh, no, you're only going into your head. And I was like, yes, but everyone knows that MRO machine, if there's anything metal in the whole room, it will explode your brain. And they're like, that's not what happens, actually. You'll be all right. <laughs> so your, your tip for if any of our listeners are having an MRI scan soon is, number one, don't be too scared. Don't but worry, it will be noisy. It will be and, quite and intimidating. have something to think about. Really have to have something to think about that's going to take quite a long don't time. Don't think about it beforehand. But no, make sure you know you're going to think about it at the yeah, time. Yeah, have like a, like maybe think of presents, Christmas presents for people or or create your perfect um, wedding list for Daisy and Daniel <laughs> influencer friends. Well, there we go, good story. That might have been a bit boring, but... Um, well, I, I found it interesting the first time you told me about it. I wasn't interested this time. I wasn't so interested this time at, no. at one o'clock in the morning, no. But um, <laughs> I, I hope that a few of the listeners enjoyed that. So... That is it for this week's podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, oh, hang on. I've got to do the NHS clap. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you, everybody, for looking after me. So, conversationstreet at gmail.com is our email address. Should you wish to uh, join the fine folks like Richard and Nancy and Rebecca and George and send us an email to read out next week, um, we are at conversationstreet.podbean.com. That's our blog, new design. Um, and, um, of course, we're on many social media places, such as Instagram and Twitter and, and Facebook and all that. We've had quite a few people joining our Facebook group um, just yeah. in the past week or so, haven't we? I what's don't know what's, what's um, spurred that on, but it's lovely to welcome all the new newbies. And, um, yeah, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. This is going to be another plug. I won't be plugging it quite so much in future weeks, but as this is the first time, um, please, please, please go and check out our Street Talk shorts. They're a lot of fun to do. Not very much work to make, but it's still nice to see when uh, when people are watching them. And if you're watching them, just click on the thumbs up button. Please. It makes me happy. It really is. It, it doesn't just make us happy. It's also really beneficial for the, growing the channel and it means a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, 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 we're just trying it out. Even if it, they peter out into nothing and it turns out that we're getting about two views per video, maybe we won't Well, maybe nobody's on. interested. Yeah, that, so it's just a fine. trial. It's just a trial. But I, I, I think it could be something that's quite... Could interesting be good, could and maybe useful um, maybe i'll do a video about my mri maybe no maybe. i won't right um that's it everybody thank you everybody for listening again we'll be back next week don't forget curry's on thursday and, um, and monday and wednesday and monday and wednesday as well indeed so 
Ta-ra for now. Goodbye. Have a nice weekend. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com.